and George was a big inspiration for me because I remember watching you and I thought to myself, I can't do Mexican humor because nobody will ever be as good as George. So I don't want to compete with George. I don't want to do my mom, my dad, you know, the Mexican humor because this motherfucker covered everything. <laughs> you did. So he inspired me to go, I'm not doing that because I can't fucking touch this guy. Hello, everyone. Hola, mis amigos. You're listening to Oh My God, Hi, Hijo de Dios. Hola. With me, George Lopez. Porque sabe que? Let's do the show. Porque I got a lot of things. I got to go to that dry cleaner. Right My kid fell. Se pegó la cabeza. I got to go get some Neo Sporing Paul. You know who George is? Oh, I'm sure he's around here somewhere. What's his name? George. Lopez. George Lopez. Oh, my God. OMG. OMG. Hi. Oh, my God. Hi. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all your Super Bowl action that you need. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code OMGHI. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code OMGHI. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. That means these dudes, they go by the letter of the law. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Does it matter how much money you bet? I think if you bet $5. $5. And you win. Winning is winning. That's really what it's about. That's it. It never worked out. I was this seventh grade. I was already this big. Ah, You were? Oh, yeah. I was, I was that kid. Mustache, the whole fucking thing. Oh, shit. There was a guy that, uh, Enrique Hernandez, his dad, his dad owned the gas station on uh, San Fernando Mission and, and Laurel Canyon. Enrique was in fourth grade. That motherfucker had a beard. <laughs> Full <laughs> fucking beard. I swear to God. Hey, what are you doing here, He bro? already had the gas station hands where there, you couldn't clean them. <laughs> Because his dad always had him working. The oil and shit. He had a fucking beard, Enrique. He was Pelos on the like, huevo. Fucking come, he would come with a fucking Texaco shirt with a said Enrique. And we're like, man, that's fucking badass. He goes, I'm fucking working. I'm fucking 11 years old, man. Like, fuck, fuck you. Fucking changing transmissions. We're like, fuck that shit. Man, I wonder what Enrique's doing. He owns a dealership. He's so fucking illness. You know, I saw a little uh, on the internet the other day. Little you kid. drink or not? Yes. I'll have beer. one with you. What is it? I don't drink beer, but I'll try it. I'm interested. I don't drink beer either. Fucking Gil's got me all fucking. <laughs> all bad, all bad. This all retired. He's already got you all fucking He's retired. He's all fucking retired. <laughs> I saw some kid. The kid couldn't have been three, four months years old. Already had fucking long ass hair right here. Hair like this. Looked like a freak. I, I told my wife, I had to shot the fucking kid. I thought it was a devil. How old was he? He was only about two months, two, three, and long fucking hair all over his legs. All right, we're going to probably lose the part where Gil wants to shoot a two-month-old. Well, yeah, cut that. Cut the... There's two-year-olds. There's two-month-old that get shot. Hey, that's pretty good, dude. They get cr- Yeah. Is it? Yeah, thank I, you. I, was, I thought I was going to have That's the only to, place I drink beer. I thought I was going to have to lie to you. I'm like, shit. Uh, yeah. Fuck. Are we rolling? Yeah. Oh, chinga, all right. Uh, what else? What have you been doing? Uh, nothing. I, I, I lectured at a winery the other day. It was good. It was oh, fun. Oh, so... It, it was good. It was good. It so was Steve good. has been a comedian for a long time. <laughs> a long time. Oh, 20. Oh, 25 years? Uh, uh, right, around, were, right around 20. Did you start before you? Only 20? Uh, 20, no. 21 years. Uh, I met you at the Addison Improv in 2000. Oh. 
when I was working the door there. Wow. You worked the door? I didn't... But you were a comedian already, though. Yeah, yeah. I was already doing stand-up, yeah. trying, to, trying to get my way. Uh, okay. And by the way, so, so uh, let me brag about you for a little bit. No, don't brag about me because uh, that's a cop. Uh, no, everybody was like. Are, are you bragging about me or are you saying that I kept held you back in show business? No, 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 no. I'm gonna, can I brag about you? Shit, right. dude. I just got <laughs> here. I just got here. No, so, so back then, you know, uh, it, we're talking about 2000. The only comics that I knew at that time, and I, and, and I didn't know George, right? I knew Mencia, and I knew who Paul Rodriguez was, right? The club starts freaking out. Get ready. You mean get Carlos ready. Mencia? Yeah. Okay. But, but people were like, get ready. Can people say Mencia? Yeah. I know a dude, Raul Mencia. No, I don't. No, no, no. no. It's a made-up name. Ned. Nobody has that name. Uh, so, so anyway. <laughs> Isn't it a made-up name? <laughs> yeah, it's made up. Yeah, it's like uh, Clem Cadillhopper, like if some Disney name. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, they're like you don't ever see one. Look at the phone book. You won't ever see another Mencia men motor truck motors. No, you won't see this shit. All right. Uh, Sorry so anyway, the, the, you know, I'm working the door. At the the club's going crazy. At that time, it was Trey who was the GM. Trey Blue. Trey goes, my favorite comedian. He coming. needed the money. George Lopez. And I'm going, George Lopez. Like he goes, get fucking ready. This guy's gonna show up, and this place is gonna be a fucking madhouse, right? So sure enough. That week, I'm answering phones, and it is just bah, 10 tickets, 15 tickets. I need 13 tickets. I need 40 t- I mean, fucking You think that was up. Trey just calling over and over? That was, it was Trey. Same credit card. <laughs> same <laughs> There's something weird. The same fucking credit card, man. But this guy walks in, you know, wearing a suit. Never seen him before. And motherfucker, I was rolling. And I was like, holy shit. This guy is fucking hilarious. And to me, it was weird. And, and I was, I've been so excited to come on your podcast because I've met you. We've hung out. Yeah. We've never had, I've never had the opportunity. We've never had this opportunity uh, to speak in face-to-face. Face-to-face. And, well, and, and we've had drinks and we've hung out, yeah. but not like this. So right. my thing was, I'm like, how the fuck is this guy not huge? Annihilated the room, completely sold out. And I'm sitting there going, how is, so I wanted to ask you, because I know how hard it is for me in this business. What was the first, like, was Paul already on the scene when you got on the scene? Um, well, you have to go back to 1979. 79? I was still in high school. So Paul, Paul, and you know, here's the thing uh, that we have to clear up. First of all, when we talk about people on this podcast, we talk about everybody. I right. talk about myself. We talk about your kids. We said things, but somehow, when when Willie Barsena was on, who is crazy like he always, like he's crazy. Hey fool, hey fool. So <laughs> hey bro, you know. And we talk about wanna, Rudy. You want to wrestle, bro? <laughs> Rudy's all sentido, and everybody gets all hurt. Paul Rodriguez got all hurt. Fuck Paul Rodriguez and fuck. Rudy. Listen, if you can't if you can't talk about people in this show. <clears throat> Everybody talks about everybody in comedy, and everybody talks about everybody in podcasts. It ain't meant to offend you. It's not meant to no. send you all the fucking, uh, fucking oh fuck him, man. fuck everybody. When it comes to podcasts, there's well, nobody that, that. And not only that, we're all part of the same fucking world. Right. I mean, there's Here's nobody the that that is like uh, uh, above above any mention, especially in podcasts. Most of the podcast guys are talking shit about themselves. I'm, I'm <laughs> so, telling so somehow you. I get back. Oh, Paul's mad, and and now you know uh, uh, Felipe Esparza's like, "Hey, fool!" Did he because I guess he loves Paul or something? Like, I, I mean, this is some bullshit. Like, 
Well, like the goddamn uh, Ryan's Hope. They used to come on ABC like at 11.30. Here's what I will say. I will say that, <laughs> that Ryan's Gil, er, early on in my career, you know, I would look at George and go, hey, George, help me, right? And now that I've been in this business for so long, that's why I wanted to have this but conversation. But you said that I, I never helped anybody, which I, I, I would have to say that that's correct. Well, but but can, can let me go back. But I'll explain to you the reason why. Well, so let me say what I, I want to say right. is... is now that not already, ya estás más pedo que la frega. Cabrón. We got. You know what? Because I'm so nervous because I've never had to address my impropriety. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's. it's <laughs> but now that. Gil, Are you my tío? <laughs> maybe I have a fucking food. I don't know. I think I have, but. My, my dad smells like hard work. I'm like, oh, it's beer. <laughs> That's beer. Um, be like fucking no, but, but once beer. I've been in this business for 20 years and, and I realize how very difficult for the Mexican American this business is. I learned to gain a new respect. Would you say it's for difficult George. for everybody, though? It's a thousand percent. Everybody. So, so when when I was young and dumb, and I said, "Hey, I wish George would help me," I didn't realize how hard it had been for you, and how you were trying to hold on to your career. Right. You know, because when I met you, and you were fucking annihilating the stage, right. annihilating, and I mean this by no offense, you did not have a big career. No, I did not. I didn't know who you were. I, I no, I was I was very regional. You know, and it was one of those things where as I've gotten older, I go, well, that's why I was excited about this podcast because I'm like, I want to know your path, your story. Motherfucker, we're not here to talk about my, me. I want to talk about, about you because about you. because I don't think people realize. You know what? They don't give a fuck. They do. They only care. The if first time I came down here. No, no. I, I really didn't even know wait, there was a they, podcast. They don't. Listen, man. You invite me down here for a beer. Hey. I came down here for a beer. <laughs> then I find out this is a podcast, and this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Well, I don't it's know. Like I mean, got some other badass it, shit. It, it, it's like coming <laughs> to a comedy show every week. And I remember Bobby Lee sat right here, and he asked me. He said, "Did he get naked?" No, no. He well, he told Did me. He, he said, "Motherfucker, stop making me." He pulled up his shirt and he wiped his face because he's crying. Uh, well, this bonsai right there. Oh, you stop, motherfucker! You made me cry. I, I've seen that guy naked too many times. But so. doesn't Bobby Lee have a career that people thought Bobby Lee would be further ahead? Can we say? I, I think so. I mean, because Bobby Lee, when he was doing Mad, Mad TV, TV, Bobby Lee's fucking incredible. Oh, super talented. And then with a the podcast like Bobby Lee, doesn't really even have to do stand up. Bobby really Lee's just Bobby Lee. Bobby, yeah. And he was doing some movies, but yeah, he's there's cats that come up, man, and pop their head out and they go back. I mean, it's, it's you'll, well, we'll talk about it, but it's tough. So go ahead. So 20 years ago. So, you know, again, you know, when I was younger, I made the mistake of, of thinking to myself, well, it, it's George's responsibility. And, and it's not your responsibility. And not only that, to realize now that I've been in this business for, I mean, I kill and I've been killing on yep. stage forever. That's no TV show for me. No right. movies for me. Right. I'm self-producing. Right? So when you look at it, and then you think about, here's fucking George Lopez, who has a hit TV show on ABC, and had not had an HBO special. NBC. No. We're talking about the first one. No, the original one. Oh. Yeah. Um, We're too busy over there fucking culiando with the chinos in Chinatown <laughs> trying to catch Yo, it's Thursday, sir. Today's Thursday. With fucking ladies <laughs> fucking calzones. February 2nd, Thursday. We're trying to tell if it's a fucking moco or meco. <laughs> the game show that's sweeping Chinatown. Moco, moco or meco? <laughs> moco. Um, so, again, you're not even on fucking HBO. No. Yet you have a hit TV show. Uh, was that the way guys were getting it back then? 
Well, I, I've I've had a lot of as I've gotten older and, and been in this business longer. But is that what uh, you thought I, that maybe the, the, from the Tonight Show or Drew Carey made it from the Tonight Show? Right. Drew, Perry, Drew Carey was living in his car and, then, and boom. then did the Tonight Show and that fucking Tonight Show that he did was like the one Freddie Prince did where where Star. you where you uh, go Johnny Carson calls you to go over and Drew Carey was just and if anybody is into comedy and 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 doesn't know who Drew Carey is maybe because of his TV show was like maybe 15 20 years ago or his price is right price guy is now. right yeah. that yeah. motherfucker caught lightning in a bottle at the t- at the at the biggest point in any comedian's career the tonight show with Johnny Carson fucking killed him and then got called over and then i think was working on the Drew Carey show with Bruce Elford back then. And then, then. it's deal, 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 show, deal, show, deal. show, show, yeah. show, show. I just right. did a documentary involving Drew Carey. The other, a couple of weeks ago, it aired on Discovery One. It was uh, his uh, f- the girl that he had as his fiance while he was working Prizes Right. Then she got murdered. And uh, I did the Discovery. And Drew Carey was about Drew Carey and how he loved her and how he brought her Can on. Can we ring a bell every uh, time that we talk about murder? murder the first I was time say, we're back in murder people, again. People like, uh, hey, I love your podcast, man, but you guys talk about murder. I said, no, we don't. <laughs> ring it, we're going to ring a thing. And then it's, we'll a di- it's a, a dying drink. Subject. It's a drinking the murder, game. The, Take a right, drink every time, time you murder. hear murder. You hear murder. All right, so go ahead. So, And then what? That was it. it was Who killed his girlfriend? Some guy. I don't fucking remember his name. I just did the show. I just... You know, I was aftermath. I didn't. It was my case. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. So he's still. It hasn't has been adjudicated. So he's still going through court right now. What what yeah, year he, was the year that you walked into a comedy club? Uh, June fourth, nineteen seventy nine. No Monday shit. night. What I was, club was, I was it? At the comedy store in Westwood. I was still in high school. I was getting ready to graduate. We graduated the eleventh. So the only comedian that was around of any Latino descent. Was Freddie Prince? Um, at that point, yes. I hadn't seen Paul, nor I think Paul was already working in the in the clubs, but I hadn't seen him yet until maybe a month after that. He walked in. He was pretty. Uh, Paul was pretty good back then. He was fucking good. Well, I mean, so, so that's what that, that's what's crazy to me, right? So I start in I started doing stand up in '99, and at that point, and nope. what made and what made you? Because Steve is one of the from mm-hmm. those places where. Germantown or Port... He's from Portland, Texas. There's like, nothing. There's got to be nothing there, right? Refinery workers and cotton farmers, and that's it. And, and that's small town. You know, people that listen to this stuff from all over the country, like, they, you can come from a small town <laughs> and do something. Like, people, sometimes they get stuck in the small town and they want to stay there. They, they don't think that there's a world out there. There's a world out there. And, and, and what's your f- first memory of, like, growing up in Portland... Um, I always tell this story, and I think we all grew up very similar. Barbecues on the weekends, men outside, women inside, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, all the I men would be laugh. Up. You, laugh. <laughs> you know, it's such a small town. I just picture, I thought it was just well, cow shit all over the place, you know, yes. small little town. Yes. You know, they're playing with the, playing with the animals. Yes. What else is there to do in a small I, town? I would say Portland. Zimbabwe, motherfucker. I <laughs> no, but Portland, Texas. No, I mean, that's and he's agreeing with me. <laughs> it's huh? pretty much like that. The right? fucking Wild Kingdom or what? <laughs> it's pretty much Wild Kingdom. So, I remember one party. I must have been six or seven years old. Everybody's in the living room. Moms and dads, and they're dying laughing. And I walk over, and it's HBO Richard Pryor. Oh. Uh-huh. And Richard Pryor. The one in Long Beach, I, the red shirt one? Yep, the red shirt one. And I thought to myself, whatever the fuck he's doing wow. has got my mom and my dad in the same room. Wow. And then, so from then, I would watch comedy I, I That's the first it. time that you saw a stand-up comedian? Yeah, on HBO. 
And, I, and it's it's one of those memories. You know how it is. Like yeah. there's, it's etched in your brain. I, yeah, I have that. You know, I probably was probably like eight, and I just remember like everybody's laughing. I'm going, what yeah. the fuck is going on? And I'm I'm sneaking a, a peek, and it's Richard. Pryor. And they were sitting around watching like HBO. HBO. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, that's a job. I'm gonna do that. Yeah. So then from then on. And then who did you see after? Then it was Eddie Murphy. Right. And then you know shortly after that, Def Jam started right. coming out. Right. I'm I'm waiting up late at night to watch the Def Jams. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the first place I had seen any Latino doing stand up was HBO. Because Paul had done um, Sam Quentin right. on HBO, right. and then Mencia had come out on Def Jam. Right. <clears throat> but I have to I have to be honest. That that's, those are the things that made me go, oh, I can do it. As a Mexican American, yeah. Here's one. Here's one. They're doing it. Well, I'm gonna do it. How would you describe their styles to you? Let's say you go back then, back then. How would you describe? Let, let's break down their styles and let's break down who they are and where where they got those styles. Can you? Because you, you go back. I go back. You know, Paul. Well, you know, Mencia has this this kind of. Um, I always say it's the uh, if you're not laughing, you're dumb. That's his. That's his. Yeah. You know. Oh, you don't get it. It's because you're dumb. I'm so smart, and if you don't laugh, it's because you're dumb. And then he would trick the audience into going, oh, shit, I better laugh. But he was kind of smart, though, right? He's very he, smart. He's a very smart guy. P- people don't realize that Mencia uh, got invited to MIT. People don't realize that, that Mencia is a certified genius. Is that true? Yes. He's very, very intelligent. Uh, very, he got very invited to MIT. Yeah, to mid. <laughs> that's what I'd be saying. You got invited to mid, eh? That's bad. That's good, right? Mid. <laughs> yeah. So he did. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Well, how, how come he doesn't say that? He, I'm sure he said it, um, but he's very intelligent. Are you sure guy. another comedian didn't say it and he just he said it? No. And, 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 <laughs> or is it real? I don't know. I'm just asking. See or no? See or no? See or no? I've been You know, you don't. Ter- when you've been stolen from, you don't ever take the side of the thief. You take the side of the lump. Um, and then you know, Paul. Paul for me look, seemed like an uncle. Yeah. To me, you know, Mencia seemed more. You know, oh, this guy's a little more. But well, he was he was fucking you know. out there. Mencia was. Yeah. He was out there. I remember he was doing this thing called Judge Carlos. Yep. Or something. Great. I'm Judge Carlos. Here's the case. It was great. You know, um, and then Paul for me was like, oh, that's like my uncle. You know what? You know. Yeah. Sound like. Sabes que? Hey, we were. You ever? You know? You gotta. Th- you know, Mexican frisbees. You gotta throw a tortilla. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Which, which again, it. That's it. That's that's. You know, I worked with jo- uh, uh, Paul for um, Jeff Valdez in San Antonio. Porcito, man, he's tired. Oh, recently? Oh man, he was hosting and he'd be in the back, hey, roncando. No, what happened? What, what happened? I don't know. I, I went over to say hi to him and he was like, oh, hey, hey, you know, he just seems tired, man. How old is he? He's got to be almost seventy. But but for me, the point wait, I'm trying wait, to make is for I'm seventy three. Yeah, I ain't falling asleep. Yeah. Uh, hey, Tim, check know. how old Paul Rodriguez is on your phone. He can't but, be older. But my point is, I had people as a young man that I looked at and said, "Oh, I can do it." Right. You fucking didn't. Well, like Freddie Prinze, I would assume. But he died uh, when I was in 10th grade. Um, oh, so you weren't even yet, but did he inspire you to do stand-up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. You know, Paul, Paul, here's the thing about both of them. Both of them have a lot of swagger, like back then, let's say back then. Paul Rodriguez was had an attitude of, he was funny, it was kind of smart, it was different, you How know, much? 68. 68. Probably 68. Yeah, yeah he's 
Yeah. You know so, what? I'm 68. You know? Yeah. So. <laughs> you know. Hey, you know. Uh, what? There was a time when I think DC Cab was out. Paul was really hot in the early Well, 80s. that's when the comedy store was blowing up. The comedy store right. was hot. So me and Ernie went to go. I would think I might have performed at the comedy store or not, but I, then I went up first because I was 18. You, could, you had to be 21. So they'd make me go first, and then I'd go outside, which is awful. By, eight, by 8.30, it was jammed. By 8 o'clock when I went up, nobody was there. And then I'd leave three minutes, and then I'd leave. And then we'd hang around outside. And then we'd hang around the back of the room. And one time... I, Paul had like a leather jacket with like some feathers on it. It was rolled up. And me and Ernie were back there, and he was a guest, and he went in there, and he fucking killed. I mean, everything killed. And we were just looking at each other like, oh, shit. Wow. And and I'm going to say this. I, I said it. And Ernie's not alive anymore, but out of respect for him. We were leaving the comedy store, and I looked at Ernie, and I said, by the time I get that good, imagine how good that guy's going to be. And he was, I never saw him that good again. I never saw him that good, because Paul relied on swagger and not material. Great improviser. Right. But you're not going to survive being an improviser. You have to have some material. I, I've always said that... that you know, the younger cats are able to catch up because, well, George Lopez is now doing a TV show, right? When George was on stage week in, week out, fucking annihilating rooms, getting that material tighter and stronger, and, and, and well, you took a break from that to go do a TV show. Right. I didn't. Right. That was my time to go, That's hey, right. I'm going to fucking catch up. Oh, George is doing a movie? Motherfucker ain't doing stand-up. I'm doing stand up. Right. Right. So that probably would happen. Only to me, or you thought of all the other comedians? All like, comedians, all period. Right. right? Well, because. I think it's like boxing. I think when a you're thousand a thousand percent. I think when you're a boxer, are you are you telling another boxer, hey, wake up at five so we can go running? Fuck Go no. fucking running by yeah. yourself. But at the same time, right, it, these young comics, when they're young, they look at, you know, say George or, or even myself where I'm at in my career, and they go, well, why can't I have that? Motherfucker, you're a baby. You right. just started. Right. I'm, I, I was doing the math today. I'm on 11,000 shows. 20 years, eight shows a week, 48 weeks a year. I mean, that's a, that's a lot. Start chingandole. Yeah. Let's go. You know, so when I met you, it was fucking George walked in there, just laid the hammer down. Mm. And I had never seen anybody tag the way you did. Right. And call back. Motherfucker, yep. this guy, the whole show, something that he improvised. <laughs> well, I know, yeah. I remember you doing this fucking bit about the cab driver pulling a turd out of his ass to fucking... You were just improvising. And you go, the damn cab driver smelled so bad, I, I had to pull a turd out of my oh, ass yeah, just yeah. to help. And then yeah. you were doing the... Th- th- and, and, and the snake came out of the basket. Motherfucker, dude. And that shit I was... I did a thing with a thing that... And a, oh, my God. A, thing that, a flute, and then the snake came out, and I did the snake But he would do the like snake behind his remember head. Remember I did the snake like that? <laughs> I smell like that. I pull a piece of cock out of there. The guy was in, and then the play the music, and the fucking cobra came out of the basket. Uh, but but early on, I, I blamed you when I should have been blaming the industry. Uh, Does that make sense? Well, I, I don't know. I was I don't in know, the man. industry. I don't know. I, I think, you know what? I, I don't know, man. I mean, it's like, you know. Who who knows what's going to happen? Nobody really knows. Nobody knows. So, nobody, nobody knows. So, um, 
with me or whatever. I mean, Paul had, you know, Norman, a.k.a. Pablo, it only went two weeks or whatever. But, you know, he never made it back. Right. So when you're when you're out there, you don't you don't know if you're going to be around two weeks or a hundred and two weeks it, or a hundred and twenty weeks. It's a scary feeling. Will you give me permission to say something? Please. You don't need permission, motherfucker. Please. Just say it. Well, you want another Please. beer already? No, yeah. I'll take it. The uh, the analogy you gave of Paul being an uncle. I will say this: the first time I met George in here. Motherfucker, why is that going to be about me? Eh? Well, no, no, I don't know. No, it's no, I'm going to refer to. It's I'm going to refer to Paul. Oh my God, hi with George Lopez. With George, oh, I'm, man, we got, hey, how come I'm going to refer to about Paul. What is in there? The you know, leave me out. Of I was part. asked. You know, Bobby Lee says, "Hey, were you nervous to come down and meet George?" And I said, "No, absolutely not. He's nothing more than human." I was excited because he's a celebrity. I've paid good money. At least five times to go see him in shows. I mean, I I thought he was great. It was funny, and I wanted to go back see him again and again and again. I still like going to see him. I never once put a nickel down to go see Paul Rodriguez, and because? he was funny, but he wasn't rip roaring, make my gut roll. But wouldn't you yeah. say, George, that that's because you got passed up? Passed I, up I, by what? Uh, why you turned into a stand-up monster? See, I've become a monster on stage because I don't, I, that's all I do. Right. Every weekend is me doing stand up for the past 20 years, right? I'm not taking a break to do movie. I didn't break young. I didn't break early. You know, and same with you. You were in the fucking clubs. I was. And, and you had to earn, back then, there was no social media. You nope. had to earn every single fucking fan that right. walked in the door. Yep. So if George Lopez isn't killing that night, they walk out there, and number one, they don't come back, and number two, they're not going to bring other people. I had a high percentage of success. Like I, I was and like, let me did. just stay in there. Where it was just because the, because you know the same thing with you is that when you go into places every week, you can't worry about the room every week. So your act has to be up to in a point where where wherever you go, you know you're going to be right down the middle and fucking solid because it, it eliminates a bunch of worry flying in to a town you've never been to and you look out there and you're like, oh man, I don't find it to be funny or all this bullshit. And if you're consistent, you're 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 going to be you're going to rest easier, you're going to have better time, you're not going to drive yourself crazy with who's in the audience and who's right. not in the audience. Well, what was even more trippy about you too is that even though I had never seen this guy, all these fans in the audience were quoting him. <laughs> like, it was crazy to me that people would be like, right now, right now. And then George would be like, hang, I'll get to that fucking joke. Relax. Later, later. You know, later, later, right? And and I was like, who the fuck is this guy? He was just so real. My, my swag. Now, the stuff you talk about your thing, you go to the wedding, hey, bring me a plate. You know, yeah. I'm not going to go to that wedding because, no, nah, she was a puta. That was my mother-in-law. The one, that, the one that said, uh, "Are you going to the? Well, I went to the first two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, That's my swagger. White dress, not that much puta que la cabrona. That's my swagger. Okay, trying to get married with a white dress with black sleeves. But that was what was funny is that he would bring those characters. <laughs> you would bring those characters <laughs> back through the fucking act with a little hole in the front. And, yeah, and all of a sudden you're like, yeah. oh, there's the fucking tia again yeah. from earlier. Yeah. You know, but but wouldn't you say that scrapping in the clubs the way that you were is why you were able to, in my opinion, surpass Paul." Paul will always be Paul, but Paul has not made as many movies as you. Paul has not has, has as many TV shows as you. Paul has not right. done what you have done. No, not even close. Uh, but um, Shouldn't you be at the Pro-Am right now? What the fuck's going on? No, no, I, I stopped going there like 10 years ago. Oh, see, my bad. Uh, um, 
But uh, you know, not to you know, it's just different different choices, man. Different things. You know, whatever happened to Paul after DC Cab and after AK Pablo, I don't know. You know, he had a, he had a, a, a well, uh, HBO special called "I Need the Couch" or some shit, but he never caught what he had the first time. Right. But I would say because, and I've been around him forever, so I'm not talking like somebody that that I'm uh, I'm unfamiliar with. I was I've known him for 40 years. That he never worked, he never sat down and worked, hustled, or, or or he hustled, but he never worked on his act. Well, so I was I I got to host one time. It was called the Three Amigos Tour, and it was the most uncomfortable shit. I had ever experienced in my life. It's true. And it was Mencia, Lopez, and Rodriguez. Dallas, Texas, Bronco Bowl, which is fucking gone. So Trey calls me up. They go, hey, they need an opener for this Three Amigos tour. Go do it. I'm like, oh, my God. I get to meet. I got to be. I had already met George. I'm like, oh, my God. Be with George and Paul and Mencia. And oh, my God. And motherfucker, dude. Paul's in one green room. George is in another. Mencia's in another. Paul's not happy. George is fucking pissed. Mencia's talking shit, and I'm like, what terrible, the yeah. fuck is going on? And then Mencia runs the light by eight minutes, walks in the room to George and goes, here's your fucking money. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Well, later on, I had found out that these guys had to fine him every minute that he went over. Because he would fucking do 30 minutes over Because you're only supposed time. to do your time. So how do you get somebody to do their time if they want to go over is you find them for the money they, that time they go over? It was the but why did all that happen with Latinos? Because well I don't know if it, ha it happens with everybody but we weren't we weren't I mean Benzema was like thieving so it was like you're doing a, a show with a guy that <coughs> has thieved you so you're like are you happy to be in that show? Not really. Uh and then Paul was that an ego thing for Paul? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But it didn't go past whatever, how many dates there was. I mean, it didn't go past, it didn't go past, uh, I don't know, five dates. It was. I, we made some pretty good money, but. And then, so then you guys split off and did the Latin Kings. Yeah, with Cheech, yeah. That wasn't much better. And then Freddie Soto and Paul. I ended up on that one. So then I ended up hosting the Mencia, Freddie Soto, God Rest His Soul, and um, Pablo Francisco. And then you guys, Alex Ramundo, Joey Medina, Cheech. Right. And, and Paul, Paul did the Latin Kings, right? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, we, did, we didn't, we didn't, uh, nobody got along, so. With DraftKings Sportsbook, Gil, you could bet what color the Gatorade is going to be. You could bet if it's going to be a touchback or a safety. You could bet... Um, how long the national anthem is going to be, and that's why they're the premier place. Are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all of the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Special Boots. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Pacific to see what prop bet will be boosted. Okay, check this out. When Denver played in that Super Bowl, before the Super Bowl, I had an intuition that it was going to be a safety on the first play, and I didn't bet, and it was a safety on the first play. And with Sports King, I probably would have I would have cleaned up. Huh? Wow. I had an 
I had a feeling that it was going to be a, a safety on the first play. Wow. And it was. Something. And it didn't happen. I didn't bet. That's why even though I would have bet $5. Just like so any bet, it's always good to win. It's always good you feel like you're winning. So if you don't have a lot of money, somehow the game is different when you have a bet on it. It doesn't matter how much sure. money you have on it. Sure, you have an interest in it. You yeah. got money. Well, they say you have We're skin in, in the game. John Holmes told me that one day. Download okay. the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code OMGHI. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 already and get 200 in bonus bets instantly only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code OMGHI. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Recently, because of this thing that you mentioned, you brought up, you know, they're all sentido, they do this. I had heard about the... Uh, but they're all, all, but it, am I making it up? No, no, no. It no, was definitely... You know what it is, Gil? My daughter called me and she says, hey, dad, did you see what's out on the internet, you know, out on Instagram or something about, uh, it was Felipe interviewing Paul and and but, but it was wrong. The and, problem and, and, is and so, that, that Hollywood leaves us crumbs and then we're fighting over those fucking crumbs like perros. I don't know if that's true. You don't think so? I don't know. What year are we talking about? I mean, look, man, I, 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 um, I, every special that I have out, I have produced myself. I saw that. You and know, that's not easy to do. It's not easy to do. And, you know, I'm proud to say that now, I mean, and again, you have that fear of, oh, my God, it could go away. Let's talk about right? producing a special for people that don't know what that's like. <clears throat> I, uh, man, so you, I mean, it's, you pick a place, right? My first special, because I'm from the Corpus Christi area, I walk into the arena with my wife, and I say, hey, I had a Showtime special that did that barely aired. I go, I'm What was that one called? Uh, Grandpa Joe's Son. Okay. And that was a Scott Montoya-produced special that went to Showtime. Did you make money off that? Uh, fuck no. And then Showtime- did, did, did Scott Montoya owe you money? Yeah. Lots of it. Now he's going to get mad because we said he owes yeah. me money. Um, but <laughs> he owes me money too for Latin Kings of Comedy. But, but that's different. But Showtime, Showtime was like, oh, we'll, we'll play Steve Cinco de Mayo. We'll play Steve in September. So I got like two months of airtime on that fucking. But special. but but yeah. uh, you went to the arena and then what did you say to him? I said, hey, I'm going to film a special here in Corpus Christi. And had, they said had zero fucking production, had zero money, had zero fucking. I go, I need the venue. But you had to have lights and cameras and all that stuff, right? I hadn't had it yet. I, ha I just walked in, con los huevos, bro. That's why my company is called With Lots of Eggs. Con muchos huevos. Oh, good. Right? That's nice. So I walk in. I say, That's hey, I'm going to yeah. film a special here. And they go, oh, well, he already has a Showtime special. The guy's going to do it. I walk into Budweiser, and I go, I need $10,000 sponsorship. Fuck. I'm filming a special. They wrote me a check. That was the down payment for the, uh, the American Bank Center. Wow. And then my wife goes... Now what? And I go, we're gonna find a fucking production company. And she's like, who's gonna pay for that? I go, I don't know, the door, I guess. Oh, wow. So we started you know, putting it out there and trying to get, then all of a sudden Levity came on board and they said, well, we'll produce it, but we're first money in, first money out. I said, okay, fine. So I go, but I still own it. So I held on to 60% ownership good yeah, yeah. and went in there we ended up selling 5,000 tickets damn and I paid everything out of the ticket sales yeah and I walked out of there I had $400 in my bank account Fuck. and I looked at my wife and I said this has to fucking work put it on Netflix sold it to Netflix still made no money because Levity's getting first money in yeah. first money out nothing happens on Netflix 
I, I, I told my wife, I got to run a commercial. Is it still on Netflix? Not anymore. Okay. So I go, I got to run a commercial because I know it's good. I put it out there. Boom. We go fucking viral. That video clip right now has 240 million views. Wow. 240. What clip is that? Changed my life. What clip is that? It was a clip about my wife coming back from shopping. I go, my wife loves to shop. And then she comes home and she makes me play the prices right. And she holds up an item and goes, how much did I pay? Actual retail price. And I'm like, bitch, just tell me. And then she turns into an, au- then she turns into an auctioneer, right? Oh, my God. I went over to Macy's. had 10%. Got another 20%. It was like 30%. I was like, oh, my God. I'm going to get five, 50% off. And I got it. I was like, I don't know. But I want it. I'm going to get it. Oh my God. I got all of this right here for $200 to this sassy bitch right here. Right? That was the bit. Right. Fucking viral. And, George, you know, I went from a $1,500 act. I call up the improv. I go, I don't, wow. know, the, I don't know what's happening. But I'm going viral. Can I have? You the, don't know what's happening, motherfucker. You know what's happening. I, but it was crazy. Yeah. But I didn't know if it was going to translate. Hey, well, I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> no, but I didn't know if it was going to translate. So I, I called the Brea Improv. They would always give me a Wednesday night for 250 bucks. They would charge you? Well, they would pay me 250. Oh. So I call them up and I go. Nah, that's I go robbery. I go. Forget about the 250. I want a door deal. And Josh at the time, who was a GM, he opens it up and he goes, Steve. You sold 40 tickets last time you were here. We papered the rest of the room. And I said, I'm willing to take the risk. Sold out two shows in 45 minutes. My life has never been the same. God wow. bless you. Good. Never been the same. And it, everywhere you go, that's the same thing? In cl- are you in I have cl- not, not sold out in four or five years now. What? Uh, now we're doing, you know, we're adding shows in 2,500 seaters. Um, we're selling. We're averaging about five to six thousand tickets a market now. Uh, we're doing Oxnard this weekend. Friday and Saturday are already sold out. Um, we're not going to add any more shows because I'm at the point where I, I just can't. It's exhausting. I miss my wife. I miss my kids. Uh, I'm not doing. What's the fucking... matter? He's never done Stevens either. He <laughs> yet to do Stevens. I did Stevens Steakhouse. Steakhouse. <laughs> it, it, it's a rite of passage. You have to go through there. Somebody's raising money. Somebody's making money. The comics are not. Well, he didn't go viral there. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go viral at fucking Stevens Steakhouse. He went to the doctor. Got, you can hear the wedding next door. Hey, so so hey, I gotta go. My dad stabbed your dad. Uh, you hear that shit over there? <laughs> when was uh, when was that first special? What year was that first special? First special with, with Montoya was in 08 or 09. All right. And then we, we followed it up with Relatable, which was uh, 13 or 14. That one went crazy. You guys did with, and that was Scott Montoya too? No, no, no. That, remember, that was me. Yeah. It was just me and my wife. Okay, good. So then after that, I thought to myself, they're going to call. I went crazy viral at that point. I went from 10,000 Facebook fans to a million. The, wow. vid, the video was going fucking insane all wow. over the world. I said, Hollywood's going to call. Somebody's going to give me a special. That call never came. And again, I told my wife, we'll film another one. So then we filmed Till Death on our own in a barn in Texas, a real fucking barn. Shot it, came out beautiful, went fucking viral again. And then during the quarantine, I go, this is a moment in time that I have to film my experience. Filmed it again on our own, paid for it on our own. We own 100%. That one's on Amazon Prime. Till Death is on Amazon Prime. Again, nobody called. Now we're selling out every comedy club in the country. We're starting to do theaters. Nobody called. Me and my wife, boom. We, we doubled down again. We just filmed I Speak Wife. Went straight to YouTube because the game has changed. Yes, you went to, you opened your own channel on YouTube? My own channel on YouTube. And, and as you know, through my podcast and my socials, I'm paying all my bills. So 
my theory now is why am I going to give my talent to a streamer and give them my clicks right? when I can just take those clicks that's true. For myself. Yeah, especially so, if you do that. If you if you have the numbers, you can run that. Yeah, I mean, five months ago, we put it up, and we're at 1.4 million views. Wow. On that special. And do you have uh, do you have management? Do you have a manager or agents? I'm with can... CAA. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then my management is the same managers. Uh, they're music managers. They handle Pitbull, uh, the rapper. Yeah. Um, they handle, like, uh, uh, Enrique and, and Ricky Martin, you know, those guys. I, I was having a hard time finding a manager that understood what I was. And, and what I mean by that is, early on in my career, everything was, hey, go on this audition. Right. Thick accent. Valet Parker. Right. And I'm like, man, I'm, that's not me. I grew up country as fuck. I'm, my cars, my vehicles don't go down. They go up. But you are country, right? I'm very country. Total. You know, I'm very, very country. Yeah. I mean. Like, I'm from out here. Ho- horses. Cowboy we're we're like fucking cholos and shit. Yeah. Right, I used to laugh. I, I came to LA. They're like Mexicans don't wear cowboy boots. I'm like, motherfucker, you never been to Mexico. That's all we we're rancheros. We're the original vaqueros. I was to Mexico. That's right. <laughs> we're charros. I went to Mexico. Charros. That's right. You know why I went to Mexico to film uh, this movie, and you forget that you're from America, and that our voices are louder than everybody in Mexico. <laughs> so they're like, unos tres con carne asada con todo. And I said, hey, I'll take five and then uh, a diet coke. The fucking motherfucker. Like, Look at this self entitlement. This self entitlement fucking American over there. And then the guy put his hand in the fucking oil with no glove or anything. Just get wow, taking the fucking God, carne out of there. But but that's why I get I get frustrated, George, because the the urban Latino, if you will. That's me. That's fucking awesome, dude. Was the, that you on a credit card? That's me on the credit card. God dang, I need one of those credit cards. Does, does the money go from you too? If I get <laughs> that, <laughs> that <laughs> huevo, <laughs> lots of eggs. I'll never use that credit card again. <laughs> I'm trying to run, rub down the numbers. <laughs> hey, you're gonna see him later. It's warm. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So so. Well, he uh, really did. Some of those say. So so I, I get it. I get it. it. It is frustrating to do good work. And yet, um... Well, the industry only sees the urban Chicano. You have to realize something. The only Latinos that have ever been on HBO are all from the same place. Who are they? It's you, Mencia, Paul, and uh, Felipe. Fluffy. No, Felipe. Those are the only four that have ever been on HBO as a special. Yeah. They're all from the L.A. area. They're all from immigrant parents. They all talk about the inner city experience. So when you got a guy like me who is very different, that perspective needs to be seen as well. And, and when you're a black comic, you get everything it is to be black. From Cat Williams to Chris Rock and everything in between. And the only representation that we have is the urban Latino, which is necessary. And we need it, but we need a Steve Trevino too. You know, there's this kid blowing up right now, this, this Ralph uh, Bar- Barbosa. Kid's blowing up. And I'm like, I'm praying for him. Who is I, that? Because I'm like, this kid needs a pass. I want this Never kid to get the pass. Kid's blowing up, George. Huge. And I'm very proud of him. But, but Gil, I'm not, I don't hate on him. I want that kid to have it easy. I'm going to tell you this. Because we fucking had it hard. You harder than me. You said that kid is blowing up. I don't know who he is. But uh, how? Wh- where is he? Where is he from? He's from Dallas, Texas. 
Young kid, very, very young, just did The Tonight Show, um, did one of those um, Latino HBO specials. The kid's selling out everywhere he goes now. And I think to myself... Well, where's he going, though? You can't uh, say everywhere he goes. The kid's be... going to fucking Wisconsin. Well, to he, comedy he, clubs, though? Yeah, comedy club in Milwaukee. He's doing great. Yeah. And I'm rooting for him because I want one young Latino to get the pass. Well, there isn't a pass. I don't think there's not a pass. I think you have to, ma- you have to make... Well, I can't say they come to you, per se, because I don't think they do, man. Like, I think... I don't know how it is, man. Like, see, how did it happen with me? Um, I remember... I don't know your business, but I don't think anybody owes anybody anything. A thousand percent. You, you, you make your bones. You know, you do what yeah. you got to do. and you, Unfortunately, you, you not in this business. You make it or you don't. You what know? do you mean? A lot of times, guys <laughs> that, are, that are not... I love this, too. That are not as funny... Are not that don't work as hard, they get a lot of breaks, right? So, when you sit there and you go on stage and you're the one murdering on stage, and then all of a sudden this kid walks on stage and he's just okay, and for whatever reason the industry is like, hey, here's a deal, here's a TV show, here's this. But that's not only in here's that's that. not only in comedy. That's in everyday. That's in everyday that life. That guy Barbosa has. No, I think he's really good, and I think he's I think he's a talented young man. You know, and, and I was a talented young man. You're, you were a talented young man. If you weren't a talented young man, you wouldn't be here. That's true. Right? So, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you broke until 40s? I was, uh, let's see, I was 41. When you got the show? When my show premiered. I was 40 when I got it. And you got Bell's Palsy. I fucking got Bell's Palsy. When did I have Bell's Palsy? Didn't you tell me that? No, I didn't have Bell's Palsy. I thought you said you had Bell's Palsy from the stress of the show. Mm, no. No, no Gabe, Paul, Gabe Paused was balls. That's what it was. The Wells. Yeah. No, what's Gabe Paused? I, I had... Where half your face, like... I don't think so. I had no? shingles, but... Shingles? Shingles, yeah. Shingles. I don't think I had Bell's Palsy. But, but again... I, not, I had shingles not, not a lot. It's stressful, but it's stressful. <laughs> but do you think that you were good enough at 27, 28? No. <laughs> no? Not I agree with you. I, I, I was seen. not... In my 30s, I wasn't ready. On on the internet, I've seen when you were young, like almost at 18, 19. Oh, he's wearing the stuff, Z Cavaricis? Stuff, young stuff. Those are nice pants. And you the weren't Z nice. as funny then as you as accomplished as you became. Well, Mitzi, well how, Mitzi how, Short, how would I be? Yeah, Mitzi you, you, Short said uh, 27. You were start, yeah, I'm, I'm not condemning you or blaming you. Anybody I'm just saying there's, there's a major league difference from where you started to where you... Well, Mitzi Short says that in order to call yourself a professional comedian, that you need to be doing it 20 years. That's her benchmark. Um, so what? I know who... I know. Is she, it... Is it in order to call yourself a, an officer, how long do you have to be on the force? It, it, it's shit. They called me a young punk when I was working this case. You know, it, it doesn't matter. You know, you, you make your own bones. Eventually, oh, somebody recognizes you what you do, and oh, then look, you recognize it. And until yo, then. Obviously, I've never made an excuse. I just keep working and working and finding my way. And, and now I have a beautiful life. I have a beautiful home in Texas. I have a beautiful yeah. wife. I have beautiful kids. And the best part about it is. I make my own decisions. You know, I do my podcast. Nobody tells me what to say or do. I film my specials. I do them when I want to film them and how I want to film them and where I want to film them. So in a sense, it's been a blessing. I'm very happy. I couldn't be happier. Um, all right. 
Uh, <laughs> okay, so you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, like, let's say my, okay, I don't know if I say, so, I don't know, man, I mean, you wouldn't want to have a television show? <sighs> That's a tough one. That I is, mean, that is a tough one. I mean, I, I mean, I get it, man. I mean, I mean, I have, to, I have to say, like, I knew you back then. And when I saw your wife and your kids in your house, I commend you on that because I know how hard it is to be on the road and be married. And your wife is incredibly beautiful and incredibly smart. And you guys work well together. And that's that's a great dynamic that. Yeah, absolutely. That is great. To, that it works. It works for you. Right. Um, I think that's the show. Oh, a thousand percent. I think I would love to do like maybe a, you know what? Maybe back then wasn't the right time. Right. You know, I don't, because, I don't because, because and by the way, my wife is a trained actor who went to NYU and studied at Tisch. So my wife is a trained professional actor. And I agree with you. I think And what does she want? How did you what did, what does she want to do? She wanted to act. And so then, she does commercials. So let's talk about her. So she went to Tisch and then she wanted to act and she was in New York acting or She was at NYU. And then we grew up in the same little town, Gregory wow, Portland. Fucking amazing. Her dad comes up to me and he says, hey, take care of my daughter. She's going to be in L.A. for four months. And I'm like, I knew I was going to fuck her. I didn't know you were going <laughs> to hook her up. <laughs> hey, thank you, sir. But I always say it came out more like Allstate. I was like, She's in good hands. She's in good hands. Right. So uh, immediately we hit it off. Immediately we started dating. She had to go back to NYU. She comes back to L.A. to start her career. And she is also a Latina. And everything for her, every audition was Spanish accent, sexy yeah. Latina, wear a, wear a short skirt, wear, you know, all of those things. She couldn't book a role. And that's when me and her teamed up. And, and I was like, there's no Latina producers, I'll make one. There's no Latina directors, then you're my director for my specials. You're my producer. And now I think that me and her could do the new I Love Lucy where we're an actual married couple. What's the name of your special with yeah. the wife? It's like- uh, I speak wife. How did you, yeah, they said you're America's husband or something America's like that? America's favorite husband. Yeah, that's the name of your show. Yeah, I love it. I, I agree a thousand percent. And, and and I think it starts in college. I think it starts like Love Story with Ryan O'Neill, and, and then you guys come out here and you see that, and I think it's Texas, and it's the kids, and it's your life and your kids. A thousand percent, Because there's and, enough and of a separation between you and your wife, and your kids are like young kids, and yeah. their wants are different than what your wants right. were. And, and then, the, and then you know, and, and I'm sure that you went through it too, where I'm doing this whole bit right now where we're very confused on how to raise this kid because we are so fucking privileged. My life is fucking out of this world. And how do I keep this kid grounded when... I mean, he goes in my barn, and it's a fucking Mexican Chuck E. Cheese back there. I mean, yeah. pool tables and air hockey and uh, pickleball. So you have all that stuff and, in your in your house in Texas? In you my have, barn. In barn. And then my kid goes, I'm bored. Fuck you, you're bored. Right. We had rocks to throw at each other. Fuck right. off, right? So uh, that that's part of it. You think know what I would, say in my joke? I'm bored. Jack off. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> rub rub and then, one out. And then the kid says, you want to get, help me find my helmet. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but but George, I think you're, I think you're dead on, man. And See, and it is. I was I looked you up, and I and I was today, and after work, I was like, well, that's this dude's show. Like sometimes it just lays out, yeah. and sometimes it doesn't. In, in in forget about me, but in whatever, sometimes dudes make it early. I mean, listen, if you, if Latinos are gonna make it at all, you can't put an age on us because you can't say 
If I don't make it by the time I'm 30, oh, you're fucked. I'm coming yeah. back. Well, then, fucking yeah. like, hey, well, then don't go, motherfucker. Valió yeah. verga. <laughs> you ain't going to make it in your fucking 30. Even in my fucking, my, in my in the 90s, my darkest time was from 98 to 99 when our senior went off. And I was fucking drinking and I just got married. It was fucking terrible. And I never thought that I would be on TV, much less fucking be on TV again 20 years later. So and, and there's the a time for Everybody has a time. Like, Correct. everybody, you know, we get caught up in, like, oh, you know, it's fucking football season. It's a fucking new leap year, fucking New Year's. It's spring. In show business, man, it's whatever. It's happening. Whenever. And it's there all is, happening. And there is no time to make it. Right. It's just all happening. Sometimes. What if you leave too early? Motherfuckers go back to where they came from. And you, know, you, you, ask you have Russell to live Peters. in, you have to live in fucking. Uh, Russell Peters was selling fucking socks door to door. In his late 30s. And then he gets pissed because they, they leak his special to YouTube. I'm just Changed glad. his fucking life. I'm just glad my wife, you know, she's from PVU. That's Pico Viejo University. <laughs> and she doesn't ask for much. We made it. We don't, at, we don't need anything. We're happy. And all this stuff, even being with you guys today. And I say not only Jordan, but with you. I mean, you people are celebrities. You're selling places out. Hey. I'm not asking for nothing. This just happens. And, and since I don't have to look for anything, since I'm not asking for anything, it's just a But I've noticed that time. too, right? I mean, you know, I, I did have a chip on my shoulder and I did have this bad attitude. And I noticed that when that chip went away and the bad attitude went away, then things really started to come to me. You know, and, and, and as soon as I had the attitude of, man, I couldn't be happier for George. I couldn't be happier for Al Madrigal. I couldn't be happier for Momo. I couldn't be. And once that happened to me, and I truly am happy, then things started changing. You know what? I'm yeah. going to tell you something. I did the same thing in 1999 because I was worried about everybody but me. I was worried about Drew Carey getting a show, Raymond. You worry about why is this guy doing that and why is that guy doing that? And it's too much, man. And it's like... Eats you up. You're just like, what the fuck is this shit? So in 89 or 99, I was, I was always a big New Year's resolution person. Like, hey, let's say, hey, what's your New Year's resolution? I would make one bullshit one. I would make one I would try to keep. And the one was that I wasn't going to worry about what anybody thought of me. Or I wasn't going to worry about what anybody else thought. Oh, oh, what they I'm were disappointed. doing. I thought you were going to make something that's good not up. Yeah. One of these stuff. Like, that was just for the fans. No, that's never a New Year's resolution. <laughs> and then the one was, and you know what? When I did that, because, you know, my wife would buy the fucking Enquirer and People Magazine, and you're reading about people, and you're just like, oh, this is fucking nasty. And when I decided to not worry about what people were doing or not buy the Enquirer, not read about people, it was fucking like a drug. That's hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's very hard. And uh, after that, like you, it, it things change because the universe sees that you're not just some fucking dude that's it fucking backbiting greedy, everybody. Hating, you know? yeah. So, you know, this Ralph kid, he did really well. Man, I immediately sent him a message on Instagram. I said, hey, dude, congratulations. I'm here for you. I wish you all the success in the world. And he sent back. He was like, oh, my God. Thank you, Steve Trevino. I can't believe What do you mean here for message. you? Like, what are you going to do? Uh, whatever he needs, he, advice, help, whatever. I, man, I got his back. And did he ever know? ask you for advice? I just hit him up, so he hasn't asked me for advice. Well, but kids don't give a fuck about us. They don't care anymore. Yeah, they don't fucking give a shit. Yeah. What are you gonna tell them? Where to get ribs in fucking Portland, Texas? Motherfucker, listen, these kids don't give a fuck. Nobody's ever asked me what the fuck I thought. And I've been out I'm there. I'm asking you right now. I, I've been out there for fucking. Ever. 
I've been out there forever. But also, nobody knows that. You know, like when you're in this bureau, I'm a singular person. I, I didn't have parents. I didn't have, I didn't have any. I didn't have my grandparents raised me. I was an only child. I was always by myself. So I was doing what I was doing. When I was doing the shows, I was doing what I was doing. And it's fucking hard. Every day is fucking hard. Every day every is day. not like every. I mean, we got the whatever, but in the beginning, but it's fucking hard. Ratings and this is a fucking this. Oh and yeah, the show I, thing. Know, it's fucking hard. That's hard, man. It's hard. And you well, know, and, and you're, now, but does it outweigh it? Yeah, it, yeah. It, in, in, a, in a sense it does. But then also when that show got canceled, it was me, not everybody else. It was me that got canceled because yep. of my name. So they're all like, hey, what happened to your show? Put thing got fucking canceled. It's like I went into syndication. Nobody's ever done that. Ah, don't give a fuck. <laughs> well, by the way, Nick, didn't Nick at Night, to me, is what really blew you up. It's true. You know, I mean, fuck, this guy was on my fucking TV every night. Mm -hmm. And now it's on TBS. It hasn't been off the air in 20 years. Hey, that's awesome. I see him in here. I go to hotels out of the state. I see him on <laughs> in syndication. <laughs> I see him on the airplanes flying <laughs> over there and on the way back. He's still up. And when you, when you fall asleep in here, I put my bed again in your face. <laughs> <laughs> you saw the microphone. You saw the microphone. You triste, all sad right there. Con popsicle hey, sticks. So what are, your, what are your kids? In, but you know what? Th this is the thing. I think, I think comedy, I'm trying to tell them a couple of things. I think comedy became, uh, before this one event, nobody apologized. Richard Pryor never apologized. Eddie Murphy never apologized. Lenny Bruce never apologized. George Carlin never apologized. Nobody apologized for comedy, and it was the the, the line was if they can't take take it, take a hike. Fuck them if they can't yep. take a joke. That she was it. Somebody, yep. Fuck you if you can't take a joke. And then Dice Clay goes on Arsenio. This is what I believe, and apologized for his comedy. Oh. And ever since Dice Clay apologized, it it became a fucking thing. A, a thing about apologies. Nobody, and he shouldn't apologize. He was a killer, and, too. And, and how dare you Yo. say this, and how dare you say that. And then and, we had to take responsibility for that shit. But Chris Rock never fucking apologized. Well, I was just no. talking to my wife. You know, we, on our podcast, we just recently had a comment, and they go, well, just killed my brain cells. And I thought to myself, who has fucking energy for that? Who, like, t turn the channel, motherfucker. Oh, they just said that just to you? Just move on. Just move on. And I mean, I mean, who, what, what is that shit like? Who thinks that they're so grandiose... I'm going to let them know that they fucking suck. Like, what kind of energy is that? Is that? Who it, does that? I don't know. I'm not smart enough to My know grandmother that died in 2009. I thought nobody did that after she died. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. So you have to live with, with people taking shots at you that don't know you. It could be 530 in the morning. And they're saying, you fucking suck. Your wife sucks. Fuck you yep. guys. And it's like, I mean, it really doesn't mean anything. Uh, well, I've, but, learned, I've learned not to give a fuck anymore. I, used, right. I used to read the comments and, and, and heartbroken. You know, oh, they don't like my comedy, and oh my god, I, but I'm funny, and I'm like, well, fuck them, I'm selling out. There's some people that think I'm fucking. Do you know? The, do you remember the no. worst thing that somebody said to you? I'm gonna tell you on, what the worst thing that somebody said on me ne on, on Netflix on Twitter when I looked at the comments. Somebody had said, "Fuck this racist white redneck," and I was like, "Ooh, well, first of I, all, I'm not a redneck. Second of all, I'm not white, and uh, I'm a little racist, but against people like you." But, I think I got you beat. Somebody sent me on Twitter, they said, this motherfucker sucks so bad, I wish I could go back in a time machine to when his mom was pregnant and get a <laughs> coat hanger and ah, shove it up her and ah, abort this motherfucker ah, before you were ever born. Gotcha. 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 
It's fucking pretty good, man. <laughs> and you were like, you know what? That would have helped I was me. like, I know. <laughs> I wouldn't have had to live this life. I'm like, hey, listen, I'm, I'm not, you know. <laughs> I'm bad, but I'm not that bad. Like, and I was like, wow, bad. you see a, a bunch of crazy shit, especially around the around the political time. Which, well, I mean, but, I, but it's not, I mean, it's nothing. It's nothing. Yeah, once once I've learned to like, you know, and and, and the the more TikTok has done um, crazy shit for me. I mean, it's a we got a video that that hit 13.8 million views recently in in like a month. Which one was that one? Um, God, what, what bit was it? Oh, it was it was about um, from I Speak Wife, where I say. You know, if you're sitting on the couch comfortably and happy, prepare yourself. My wife doesn't like that shit. Yep. She'll walk in and she'll go, I go, speaking wife always comes in the form of a question. Are you thinking about going to the store? I think speaking wife could be a a topic, a name for the show, too. I think so, too. Because everybody has to, you have to read between the lines. Or, Or you have to read, you have to read their minds, but also they don't hold you as an equal. So you're in a relationship where you're not an equal. Oh yeah, for sure, right? For sure. And you're, you know, your wife's a little. How old is she? Like four eleven? Four four. She's five. She's five three. I'm six three. She's five three. And that little. She's five two. And five that two. little. And like, like a little air, okay. air conditioned unit, right? She's like a little square. <laughs> little house, like, a, like when you get a pull a parking ticket, like a little square where you walk up. <laughs> Like a, that little thing where you push shopping carts. She's almost like the thing where you put the shopping yeah, carts. That's it. Yeah. Order, put it in a there. four by four. The uh, the uh, and she can tell you to go to fucking by Celia to go get her a fucking ice cream. You'd go and come try to come back without it. How melting. much time do I have? You see, that's exactly what. So it is. I think speaking every every speak husband. Life. Aaron, are you married? Yeah. And what does that dude make you do? Run around to different stores? Not do it. I just is that what's his name? <laughs> She's right now one of my kid the the older one. She went to the doctor Except two days the ago. Older one. I say that's what you're old. The older one. The older one. Older one. She went to the, the one with the que tiene la. The one that got in a fight in the market. She, she went to the doctor on Tuesday. She wasn't feeling good. They did the COVID everything. They sent her home there. Take the take Tylenol. You, and then they called her up yesterday. They said, okay, you got COVID. You know, you got the ugly shit because she's got now fever, 103 fever. She got Ooh. this. She got that. So isolate her in her room. Just put her in there. They sent her some, you know, we picked up medication. You sure it's not from her dog eating the cat food? I hope so. I hope it's not. I just, I I take it if it was from the federal. I still want it from somebody else. Hey, does your daughter still live with you? Yeah. Well, she's back. She moved back (laughs) during COVID because of the shutdowns and where she was at. She's back. Now they're getting ready to go back uh, to her. So she's getting ready to hopefully. Move back over here, uh, someplace in Burbank. Better bank. So he told a story about his daughter. Sure. Never mentioned her name. Never mentioned any doctor that she went to. Just a, he was around facts, and then he goes, "Oh, she lives over here in Burbank." Somewhere. Well, no, no, she address. All of it was big. No, okay. Address so fourteen eighteen. She's at home. I started, so she's at home. She's right by sick. the poquito más. My wife now has to stop everything. She's in an isolated room. My wife, you know, makes lunch, does everything for her, puts knock on the door. Here's your food out here. She's still taking care of the rest of the house. She's still trying to make me happy. So last night, I took her. A bouquet of roses. Out of boy. Nothing, nothing. Just say, hey, thank you. She said, what are these for? I said, just because you're a good mom. You're amazing. You're a good good nana. I mean, I I, I save lives, but hey, you're amazing. (laughs) There she is. (laughs) I find murderers, but mira, you're 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 no slouch. You're no slouch. I wasn't asking for anything. There ain't going to be nothing coming out of it. I just wanted to say. Thank you. Thank you. That's the way. It's because I'm a mom, like you said. And what did she say? 
Oh, she got a little teary. She said, thank you. I do, I do a joke that hits so hard right now where I go, my dad won't tell me he loves me. Oh. So I go to my dad and I go, dad, tell me you love me. And then my dad says, well, why? So you can take advantage of me? <laughs> and then he goes, you tell your wife you love her. And I go, every day, dad, and look how she treats you. <laughs> Dude, that's that's a I, I joke. Gotta, that joke. I got to tell my wife that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, see, George knows. My I'll dad throw never told me. Over here. My, my, my dad never <laughs> oh, told uh, me. Hey, that's yeah, a, fucking tell that one. George, uh, he'll be telling uh, at the next comic uh, fucking uh, crime con over there. How did you my, say it? My dad never told me he loved me. The night before he died, he's dying. He's passing away. I cleared the room. I said, and I never said I love you to my dad. And it was just a cultural thing. I know. So I walked up and I said, Dad, I got to tell you something. I grabbed his hand and said, what, what is it? I said, Dad, I love you. And he looked me right in the eye and he put his hand on top of mine and he says, me too. <laughs> yeah, he never really said I never that. said I love you. Yeah. So. Is that cultural or is that? No, that was cult. There, there ain't cult- no doubt. I, I know. I think it's macho shit. I, I, yeah. I just think but, it was but, a But, you know, time. George, I, I, when I first started doing stand-up, Everything was about... Did you feel alone when you first started? A thousand percent. You have, you have brothers and sisters? I have two sisters. Felt alone. Didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Right. Didn't know where to go. My dad looked at me and goes, hey man, if you're going to go down this path, don't ask me for a fucking thing. How you're about on your that? Own. There you go. Figure it out. How so, about that? But I remember... How about that? Don't ask me for a fucking thing. No, my dad, I, when, I, when I came out of the army, I asked, I wanted to go, I really wanted to play football. You know, I was big. I, was, I wanted to play football. I wanted to play at Rio Hondo. And my dad kept saying, well, you're not going to be a professional football player. Go to work, son. Go to work. I said, Dad, I want to go to college. I want to play ball. And finally he said, okay, look. How old were you? I was only, shit, 20 years old. You went to Vietnam and came back? You were 20? Yeah. I was 20 years old. You go for two years from 18, right? I went in at 17. I came out at 20. And so That's... I, I come back and he says, okay, here, here's what I... Last time I'll tell you, he says, my friends tell me they're hiring at Ford Motor Company. He says, apply there. If they don't take you, go play football. God bless you. You got the fucking job. I got the fucking job. <laughs> and I had talked to the coach out there, and I told him, hey, I'm a different, I'm different now. You know, I'm mature. I can do. He says, come on. Dude, my dad wrecked on. me, man. I, I told him, I go, haven't you ever had a dream? And he goes, yeah, to be a good dad, to raise my family, and have a good paying job. I'm living my dream. And I was like, well, fuck you then, dude. Like, Is that what he said? Oh, yeah. I never had that. I, my, my dad. I never had a dream like that. No, my, my dad raised, uh, there were probably, he had about 10, 11 brothers and sisters, and he was the father to all of them. His first father passed away. His second father got run out of Dodge because he tried to play around with one of his sisters. They run him out of, the, out of the town, so my dad raised him. Then there were seven of us. And damn, nobody ever got. Uh, you don't get any more my, Mexican than that shit. I mean, fuck. What none the of fuck? my sisters, nobody ever got uh, in major trouble. And I'm the only one at that time. That I was the only one that went to college. I uh, because I wanted. I, I thought only rich white people went to college. I wanted to. I wanted to go. But but again, we have to see it. Yeah. It helps to see it. That's why your story is so important. That's why your story on TV right now is so important. That little boy that you have from Texas, my kid likes him. And yeah. my son's seven. And my kid goes, oh, I, I forget the Iki boys or what or, or, yeah, they're called. Boys. Yeah. And I understand that his father just passed, God rest his soul. Um, but my son is like, dad, I, I know that kid. And I want to be a TikToker like him. But my ki- we need to see ourselves in positive lights. 
I got to share a story with you. We went when they were You're making. You're fucking they, they were they were making they were making <laughs> uh, a movie on the Night Soccer, 1989, just before I, you know, just with A. The, Martinez and who else? Larry exactly, Wilcox? A. Martinez and who played? Uh, who played Frank? Uh, Julie. Uh, Julie Andrews. No, I was going to say Julie Andrews. How are you her not playing Julia, in a movie? George? But I can't remember her last name right now. But so we went down there. We're watching them filming. It's about my family. You know, they're watch, doing the filming, and my son, who's about. Ten years old, then he says, "Dad, I want to be an actor." I said, "You want to be an actor? <laughs> why not? Says, why, why not?" Dale. And and we're, we went down to watch him film. We're driving on the, uh, we're driving home. I says, "You want me to send you? To, you you really want to be an actor? You want to get an agent? You want to be an actor?" I said, "He says, yes, I really do." I said, "Okay, pretend right now. Let's see how you can act. <laughs> be a crying kid because your dad's making fun of you because he thinks you're stupid. <laughs> I gotta do this. Oh no shit! Yeah, and he, I said." I finally made a deal with him. I said, I tell you what, I'll set, I'll get you, we'll do what we got to do, and as long as you keep a B average in school, I'll pay for it. Hey, not even high standards. Hey, get a C, well, cabrón. No, Just I passed. But, but, but if you're trying I to said, be an actor, you're not going to be fucking, you have no fucking Bs? What no, the fuck? I, you're I out said, there with fucking I cocaine and your fucking You, you got to maintain a B. With a flat and tire, so driving around with a flat tire. He ended up doing a couple, of, a couple of commercials, that's as far as he got, with the agency, whatever they did. You know, paid for commercials for what? I don't. know. He did his hand a hand commercial and something no, else, and <laughs> that's the one that's gay. See, yeah, go ahead. Salió, salió. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you have a son that's you have a son that's gay, right? Yes, and yes. you love him like if he was I a real person. It, it no, doesn't okay. make a difference. Don't put that in there. He he's that's that's my that's I call him Sonny Boy. That's my man. But when you told him he wanted to be an actor. I made fun of his ass. Oh, did, did, he start, you, did he start crying? No, he, Dad. I said, no, no, go ahead. Uh, Hurry up. Uh, Cry. Get mad. Get uh, mad. Get mad at Dad. I want to see your ass. How act. old was he when you were like, oh, there's something different? Oh, I knew there was something different early on. 10, 11 years old. By then, I could tell. Yeah. yeah. He was, he was, when, when I came home, I had been two weeks in Panama teaching. My joke? They go, I goes, how did you know? He goes, because when you were little, you used to suck our thumbs. <laughs> That's what he was before. That's one of my jokes on my... Truly, uh, my, wife, my wife got pissed off me one time. He was only about five, six years <laughs> old, and there was some show, one of these talk shows on TV, when your son comes out of the closet, and she, and she <laughs> says, at, at that time, you know, my son was five, you know, five Come years out of the old. I had no idea, <laughs> nothing. And she kid. just says, what would you do if your son... Right now, came out of the closet and said he was gay. I said, ask him for blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> Who said you said that? Yeah, I said that. And she got pissed That's off at me. Hilarious. She got pissed off. I said, hey, you're going to ask me a stupid fucking question. Why get past my answer? And then, as it turns out, years later, you know, he ended up coming out of the closet. But Did you, you get the blowjob? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> That's the question. I reach around nothing? Nada. Nada. Ni los huevos? Ni los around huevos. Around the world? Nothing. I just told him, hey, but it's got to be a but tough you were, but, you were cool, but you were cool with it, right? Yeah. Or did you have a problem with it? No, no, not at all. It, how was when, the uh, when the, I came but home? But there had to be a like. Well, okay, here's I, my I kids. come home. I, I I come home from Panama. They meet me at the airport where there are two separate cars: my kids and my wife. I get in the car, and my wife. I start. How come the they car. had two cars? One for one for you guys, and then one for him, and all. Well, his, because there were feathers. Standard, 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 I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't know what they were doing. And 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 so I said. Okay, so we leave. She says, my wife starts crying. She says, stop. I got to get this off my chest. And she's crying. And I'm saying, oh, God damn, what did I do now? Yeah, you know, what, what, do, yeah. what are you going to bring up now? And she says, your son just came out of the closet. He's gay. Now he's got to be, you know, 
17, 18 years old. And you got to be older than that. It got to be about 20. And I said, that's it? And she says, yes. I said, okay. I said, my son's not in trouble with the law. He's not using drugs. He's got the kindest heart of anybody I know. I can live with that. Right. Mm-hmm. I said, if that's it, that's all? I said, that's my son. I love him. And it's not going to change anything. Here we go. Anything. Here we go. Every <laughs> fucking time we have a podcast, you're fucking your own, cabron. You know the fucking Yorona? You gotta, you gotta. Hey Steve, how did the podcast go? I made a fucking. I don't know what happened. Fucking Gil started crying, la verga. So it didn't change anything. And I talked to him the next day, and I, as long as you don't. Did you tell him you loved him? Yes. Well, that morning, the next morning, he was making eggs. It was his birthday. With sausage. Comiendo popsicles. Is there any more? There's one left. Bite it, mijo. It's, Bite not, it. it's not in the freezer. The next day it Where's was his banana? birthday. <laughs> Want to play Pop Goes the Weasel Dad Collection? <laughs> That's not even a game. I just been... Sorry, son. I know you're going to hear this shit. Uh, <laughs> not the next, necessarily. The era. next day it was his birthday. And I had already bought him a, a, a card in the airport. My wife tells me. She so you had to go get another one because. No, no. I, I, I just wrote a, a long message in the card. Next morning, wake up. My wife says, hey. Go out there with your son, because he knew she was going to tell me. That's big time, man. And she says, but "You got to admire his courage, man. That's hard to he's do." He's in at the that living age. room. Go over there. He's waiting for you. I said, "No, there's nothing different. He knows where I'm at. You can give him this card, but have him come in here if he wants to talk to you me." You didn't go to him. No. Hmm. And so, you would have. You and you wouldn't hey, have. No, I wouldn't. Little machismo, still, right? Yeah, still, yeah. He, he won't so, go to him. There's yeah. nothing different. Why did you make him come to you? Because, because there was he had nothing, something to tell you, and there was nothing different. Going, I still loved him. He knew the way I was. Hey, you want to talk? Come on in here and talk to me, son. And so she gave the card. He read it. He came in there. We cried. Tear gas. We hugged. And I just told him, just don't fucking don't grab come in ass. here wearing pumps in the house right now, you know, and don't go on Jerry Springer. You know, but was that serious? What if he did? The fucking well, we just laughed. And, and I said, and, 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 and do I have to stop telling gay jokes? And he said, absolutely not. So we have a great relationship today. That's great. I wrote a letter to my to my family and to close friends saying, hey, my son came out of the closet. I love him. Anybody have a problem? Wait a minute, but did you Talk feel, you had, did you, feel you, you had to write a letter to explain yes. him? Yes. Not to explain him, just to let everybody know He's out. No, no, but he sent a letter him. to your son. I no. The, he wrote to a friend. I think. Oh, you also wrote to the friends and family. I wrote to friends and family. Say, hey, my son just came out of the closet. He's gay. My son, I love I'm him. I'm okay with it. Fuck off. Hey, if you don't like it. Did you put a, what did you put in there? Like a picture. You said, here's this photo. of My son's photo. <laughs> here's this photo. <laughs> of my you. son's photo. Me la metan. I mean, wait a minute. <laughs> you know what? I gotta I gotta tell you right now. Everything. My son I loves my Camilla, house. and he also me la pela. <laughs> Are you writing poems? Hey, every day I leave my house. He's going to be in Hallmark at the uh, CBS. Hey, the end of the gay section. Hey, the when he was Mela little, Mela. he was Lalo, and now he likes Palo. I'm looking for the Lalo Palo one. Do y'all have that? Hey, sold out. It's sold out. Every okay. day I leave my house, my wife. I can't afford gas, George. but my son gusta por atrás. He likes ass. Every every time I leave my house, my wife loves George. She says, "Be sure and tell George I say hello." If she hears this shit tonight, she's she going to say, "FTP." No, 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 I want to say this. <laughs> but I want to say this, I, uh, and not even necessarily Latinos, but there's a lot of fathers that have hurt their children 
because they've come out and been and they come out that they're homosexual. Hurt them. Right. Uh. Kill some. Beat them up. Try to beat it out of them. I try to beat it out no, of them. So do you know that Lenny so Lenny Bruce but right? But you're yeah. you're you're look at your father was the way he was, never told you he loved you. And then your father your son has that and you accepted him, which is big. I'm it's gonna say it's move. big. I wanna class joke move. around, but it's big because it's a class move. Because you know what? Friends leave you friends leave you, family leaves you, and you didn't do that. And it's the macho I want to say it's the, big. That's huge, man. A lot of kids have been hurt for what they what they are sexually, and that's wrong. I agree. And even by their own family and their friends. So Lenny Bruce, to get out of the service, said that he was gay, <laughs> right? To get out of the service, they got him off the ship because they didn't want anybody else to catch it. That's ah, how fucking fuck. dumb yeah. people think you catch Hoto. Like, you, you don't... <laughs> You were born I've, the fucking. I've tried to are. catch it a couple of times, but things weren't <laughs> hey, going good. I always say that'd be nice. Two male incomes, <laughs> number I count on. Two incomes. Two I remember. I okay. You're always. So is he dating? Is he I, dating? So I, no. Does he bring? No. He's now uh, forty. Shit, forty-four years old, and uh, forty-five years old. Doesn't bring anybody. You know, he's he is what he is. But, but he does. He does date though. He has. I have no idea. We had a, we had a pair of Thea's or a Thea that would come home with her best friend. When I was a kid, you know, that's her best friend. That's it. and we're like, is she related to us? They're friends. And then you get older, and you're like, oh, scissors. I get it. I get it. Yeah. So, and was she happy? Very happy. I, I had a cousin come out of the closet when I was living here in L.A., and it was one of those moments. You're like, yeah, no shit, dude. You know, because he was everybody that gay. knew. Him. But I told my dad, I go, hey, you know, so and so came out of the closet, and my dad, I guess there's levels of gay to Latinos, right? Because he goes, well, does he pitch or catch? <laughs> And I go, I think he pitches. Ah, boy. I'm like, I guess there's levels. There's different levels. I know. I say the pitcher or the catcher. That's, I, I don't know. Say no, but that's a class move, man. And, and that shows a lot of intelligence on your part, socially, mentally. We're good. We're close. Yeah. I love him. He's good. Uh, it's all right. How is it working with your daughter? He's still making calzones. Uh, he still is. He still is. He, He's he, making like a uh, decorative calzones. He, he makes... You know, like uh, Roosevelt Greer, big football player. He used to needle embroider and right? needle oh, pull, yeah. whatever it is. And My son does the same thing now. He, he's got a regular job, but, then but just a as a hobby. He does his shit, and he makes what look like, to me, joggy shorts. I right. I call them banana slings. <laughs> uh, he, he does this, and he sells them. And, I mean, he, he'll he make one. Who's 70, his model? 75 to $125 a, a pop. Yeah. He's had them on the... the the walks, you know, the, the this what, what's the there's a big show, uh, this gay guy that has his own uh, <laughs> runway show or, run, or uh, come on, him, like RuPaul, RuPaul, yeah, he's done stuff for some of the models on RuPaul. He's been in magazines in Europe. He does. There you go. How is it working with your daughter? Uh, it's good. It's good. You know, uh, because technically, are you still the boss? Yeah, technically, right? Yeah. Your producer, executive producer. Yeah. Does she know that sometimes? She can't push on a on a boss level. No, no, she she's she's pretty um, she's pretty independent. I mean, you saw her, but I mean, I would have to say that you know she she was acting in in acting camps in the summer, which kids do like when they're eleven, twelve. She went to a acting summer camp, and she was acting in school. And then when she got out of high school, she went to Second City. She got in Second City, so it's not unfamiliar to her. Well, I would but, watch her on TikTok. Yeah, she had a big TikTok follow. So what's unfamiliar is the 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 the, the idea of TV uh, every week, 
But then, you know, first it was the pilot. So if you don't get past the pilot, it's over, right? It's over, yeah. So then we got past the pilot and we did the 12. And in the 12, I'd say, honestly, she had a couple moments where she struggled a little bit with the amount of work and with... But does she listen to you? She She takes your advice? I, I, you know, on occasion... Because you've become a better actor. But yeah, but I don't tell her what to do about her acting. I let the director do that. So she's over, and she and she works with an act with an acting coach that's on the show. So she she does everything that she needs to do to be prepared, and that's all that anybody could ask for anybody. And I think anybody. she's good. I think she's good. I think she's if you, great. If you look at her from the beginning to now, I think she's done incredibly well, and she's smart. But it, but it also looks like you guys are having fun. We are having fun. That's what, that's what you know. For me, when I watch the show, and 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 of course, and I know this sounds weird because I I know you and I'm proud of you, and I know that sounds Thank fucking you. weird. And well, I sent you a it message. Weird, yeah. it, it, but does it does sound, sound weird. It, but, it does sound weird. But I am I am proud of a fellow Latino that I've known for twenty weird. years. Yes, that's true. You know, that's weird. Um, so I watched the show. It looks like everybody's having a good time. Yeah, and I love watching the fucking old cast. Yeah, walk, the old cast they, on amazing. Just them walking in the door. Amazing. Looked fun, and I could see it on your face of amazing. like very everybody emotional. was having a, a, yeah. a fucking great time. It was very yeah. emotional for me because and Ernie's a Valley kid. Ernie's from Texas. He's from Ilsa. Yeah. Uh, when when we did the table read for the Christmas show, Belita was there and, and Valente was there, and Constance had COVID, so she wasn't there. So and she's we, still went Ota, dude. Yeah. So, oh, so we're, we're reading she's the thing, and in the table, uh, we do the whole scene where it says, "Well, you know, you don't believe that it's really Christmas until there's like ten people, family members here." So then I go to the door, and in the table read, just them two were there. And then I had to say, hello, family, and I couldn't say it. Like, I started crying. <laughs> right, right, right. And I was like... Well, they're family. You spent years together. Uh, I couldn't say it. It took me... I said it, but it, it was rough because, you know, you've been through the whole war with those people, man. Like, you, so like a military... Yeah. Like, when you see yeah. somebody you went to Vietnam with... But, but also when I, it, I was in the trenches with them people. But when it's yeah. happening, you don't see it until after. Yeah. And you go, oh, man, what a... You know, I've been driving through L.A. I had my son right here. At the hospital, uh, St. Joseph's, oh, right St. here. Joseph's. Man, I drove. Right? I, huh? Is he all right? He's great. My son. Yeah. Oh, you had him. There. I had him. Yeah, yeah, we okay, had him. Good. Yeah. I drove by, and when you're in the moment, you don't appreciate it. When I drove by today, I was like, "Oh my god!" I had my son right there. Mm-hmm. You know, to go back, right? So that for you, it was like going back to oh shit. You were probably scared. You were nervous. Every fucking rating period, you're shitting your pants. Yep. You're trying to figure it the fuck out. You're also trying to tour. You got every Mexican yeah, right. comic in the world fucking hating you. <laughs> true. It's got to be hard. All true. See, if everything goes bad, I'm going to meet this gordo I named Bill Carrillo. <laughs> yeah, we'll do a fucking podcast together. Yeah, I kept it together pretty much. I mean, you know. <laughs> but but again, going back to your path. But but to see her, but again, to your question, I just want to make, but to see her uh, every day and to see her doing what she's doing, it, it makes me incredibly proud. Like, I've never seen... Well, not only I've that, never you, been happier or proud. You saw these kids grow up. Yeah, like, and, I, like, and I saw mine grow up, and, and to see her do her thing is really incredible. I, I, I never would have imagined. It's crazy that it's it's become Americana. That fucking song. Yeah. Right. That song, your intro song, yes. has become associated with George Lopez. Right. What lowrider? Lowrider. Yes. You fucking hear lowrider, and the first thing that pops in my head is George Lopez. That's crazy. <laughs> Isn't that crazy to, crazy to put that into people's psyche? Yes. And it's it not is, just me. It is crazy. That's insane. Dude. It is crazy. It was my it was my ringer on my phone, and they're like, "No way, come on!" I was like, "What ringer else? What, what else would it be?" 
And then you get shit because they're like, well, they're not even Latino. Well, fuck, I'm sorry, dude. It's a great song. But you song. know, I'm going to tell you this. War was not Latino. But in the music of that summer, if you're old enough to remember, 73, it didn't matter if they were Latino. It only matters now. Like back then, war was all African-American guys, man. And they were fucking great. And, a, and, and, and Brenton Wood and all those about those. Oh, yeah. like, nobody ever thought, oh, man, those, those dudes are black. It, did, it, did, fucking, it's just it music. didn't matter in music, man. That's what I love about Freddie Fender, man. I'm so I proud of I just learned you know, today about war that Bro, they were fucking George crazy, Santana man. was Carlos's brother. I had no idea that, that they, were, they were brothers. Yeah. I didn't know that either. I just learned that right now. They didn't talk yeah. for a while. Really? Yeah. I, in 2000, uh, a few years ago when they opened up the arena in San Francisco, Santana did it and War did it, and I went over there to be with Carlos, and Jorge was there. So Jorge had a guitar. He was telling me about there's all these Japanese guitar knockoffs like that are Fenders and all, but they're from Japan. And uh, Who's he, saying this? Uh, Jorge Santana. Me and him were sitting backstage. He was alive. And uh, we're sitting backstage talking, took a picture of us. We got the guitar. I'm playing the guitar. And he's like, I'll get you one. And I didn't run the into... The knockoff, not the good ones. The, the, but, but he said they're just as good, but they're knockoffs, right? But they're just as good. Like Same guitar. guitar. Same guitar. And he's like, I'll get you one. And I didn't talk to him after. And when he passed, he sent me a message on Facebook, which I never... Ch- uh, changed. I never checked Facebook, but he had the picture and had a guitar. I got you. It was the sweetest message from that night, and he'd already passed. Fuck. So I got the message and I sent it to Carlos, and Carlos was like, "Thank you for sending this to me because I got to see what my what my brother was like." How long did they not talk? They were talking. They they got it back together, but they didn't still see each other a lot. Just because of touring, yeah, or yeah, because of. But he, because he, he was supporting Santana, it was Carlos Santana. So, somebody, the guy that was interviewing him says, you know, I had a brother to play the guitar, and he was my bigger brother. He says, when I asked him for it, he said, get away from me, kid. You know, you know, he says, what was it like? He, what, and George says, that was the same way it was with Carlos. You know, Carlos didn't want to help him when he was a kid. He but, says, I, but, but I also understand brothers. Like, eh, yeah, fuck off. You're my little brother. And that's what it was. But it, it gives it, you drive too when you're the little brother. You're like, well, to. fuck you, Chinga I'm gonna, I'm gonna get fucking good at this. It's shit. supposed to, right? Yeah. But they didn't talk. But also talking about dice with comedy, when kids stop playing for score and stop winning and losing, it changed kids. Everything. Like everybody got a trophy. Yeah. yeah. It changes. It everything. changed kids when you don't have to keep score or you didn't have to try as hard. Participation trophy only. You know, in, my- in sports, when I played sports, I never won a championship, but I came close. But not winning and seeing those other motherfuckers win and then you come in second place or not make the play or whatever made me want to get better. And if everybody would have gotten, gotten a trophy back then, I'm not sure. It's not the same feeling. I'm not sure what the fuck would have happened to it's us. It's not the same feeling. In, in something, and I wasn't going to get that lesson from my grandmother or grandfather, right. but the guys that not all your friends can be on the same team. So some of your friends are on one team and some of your friends are on the other team. And you're on one team and they beat you. They're like, ah, we beat you. Or you play them in the, in the championship game and they beat you and you want to come back and you lose again and you lose you again. Talk shit and, yep. If that doesn't Fire. inspire you to Fire. do fucking be better, not keeping score and everybody getting a trophy, we'll never do that. Never. And my son, I coach Little League. He's an amazing little baseball player. And he makes a great play. And I've always told myself, my face is not going to change whether he makes a good play or a bad play. He's not, I'm not going to get super excited. I'm not going to get super mad. Same face. So the parents come up to me and they go, <laughs> man, y- your son's amazing. He made a great play. Why don't you congratulate him? I go, I'm not going to congratulate him for something he's supposed to do. There you go. He's supposed to be good. He's supposed to do his job. He's supposed to be great. I go, but notice that when he does bad, I don't get mad at him. It's the same face. You try 
yeah, hey, buddy, you tried? Let's go. I always tell them, fix it. Can you fix it? Right. You know, and then now the whole team has has kind of, all the dads have kind of adopted that kind of atmosphere of just fix it. I ain't mad. I'm not upset. Do you tell them you love them? Every day. God bless you. Every day. I squeeze them. I never got hugs. I squeeze them. I let them Now, when I them. played in Sacramento Little League, Mr. Martinez, Pinche Borracho, like a skinny, he looked like uh, Slowpoke Rodriguez, the, the uh, Speedy Gonzalez friend. Yeah. And he had a, he always wore a suit, little flaquito. So with your grandma raising you, how did you end up in baseball? Like, would, would she do my it? Friend, no, because my yeah, she'd pay, but my friends played baseball. So, so you just tag along with them, and and he would go. He was all he goes, come on, Louis, you know, fucking up across the park, come on, Louis. And Louis would be batting a little dude with a big helmet. It's come on, Louis. And how the and, fuck did you and, find golf? And every time he would go like this, shut up, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> to his dad. How the but, fuck did you find golf? I found golf with my friend Ernie. Like, I, but I watched golf on TV because. I got up early in the British Open, and you'd be like, "What well, this fucking golf is on?" So I watch golf there in the in the mornings, and I watch. I just found it from watching TV on the weekends, and then um, you'd see Lee Trevino, and you see Nicholas, and you see all those guys. So I Watson, all those guys, and then in 1981, on Christmas Day, I was already done. What was I? Uh, 81, 20, and he calls me up around. 11 15 he goes what are you doing I'm, i still remember i'm not doing shit he goes let's go play golf i'm like where al cariso like dude we don't have any golf clubs he goes i called over man they'll rent us up but they're not even open they're open they'll rent us clubs so we went me and him <laughs> just fuck it and we went there was nobody there and what happened early rentically passed away in uh in last april so he introduced you to golf he introduced me to everything that i do back then he introduced me to comedy did he have a dad yes and a mom and a sister two sisters one younger one older and two brothers and the thing that's amazing So he was about a that, big influence on you not having a dad. Yes. And also, he had other friends. Like, he didn't need to be my friend because he had other friends. And I was always alone, just me and my grandmother and grandfather. And he would come over and be my friend. So uh, in the beginning, he got me into comedy. He was the guy that said, let's go to the comedy store. And then he got me into golf. He got me into uh, guitars. And he got me into Richard Pryor. Like, one dude. I, I, I don't even know if I would have found those things on my own. But he, he gave me the four paths that I'm still on. Right, that's crazy, man. Yeah, you gotta miss him. That badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's yeah. the homie from the homies, the homies. That's my first friend ever. Yeah, yeah. It's a trip because I wasn't talking to him toward the end, but also he had his own life, and you know he was a little flaky, man. Like, but I think it was meant to be. Like, he, I would always wait for him to go to the comedy store when we were eighteen, and then if he called me and say, "Hey, man, I'm not going," I wouldn't go. Because you're like, no, 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 you got to come with me. Yeah, I had to have somebody come with me. But then after... it's gotcha, after, Bill, it's gotcha oh, hanging out by yourself, up. dude. And after a while, I started to think, well, what's going to happen if this dude fucking doesn't go with me? I'm going to not I'm do not going. it. I'm not going, So I started to go by myself, and that's... When did that you make the Ice House your home? I started going to the Ice this House. Motherfucker, dude. When I was like, coming up, he was the king. He would have, like... They had <laughs> shrines of this motherfucker... 48 sold out fucking shows in a row, shit like that. The Ice House was like 84, 85, maybe. And, and I, think I started that, to MC. But you think that that's because you weren't at the comedy store, you were at the Ice House, kind of kept the industry I made, off of you? I made it uh, a point to stay away from the comedy store and to stay away from the Laugh Factory and the improv. So I just hung around the Ice House and tried, and tried to get as good as I could be before I went over to those places. And when I did finally go to those places... I didn't go to the comedy store, but I went to the improv, which is a tough room. But then when I went to the Laugh Factory, I was killing everybody. Because back then they would do, uh, you know, I always say when I moved to town, I never felt racism in Texas. It wasn't until I moved here. I moved here. Yeah, but and, how are you racist against you? You, you? 
oh, because I moved here and all of a sudden it was, oh, great, you can do Mexican Monday at Laugh Factory. You yeah. can do Taco Tuesday at the Comedy Store. You can do Refried Friday at the Improv. Damn. I'm like, I just want to do comedy. Right. Can I just do stand-up? I'm a stand-up just like they're a stand-up. You know, and, and George was a big inspiration for me because I remember watching you and I thought to myself, I can't do Mexican humor because nobody will ever be as good as George. So I don't want to compete with George. I don't want to do my mom, my dad, you know, the Mexican humor because this motherfucker covered everything. <laughs> you did. So he inspired me to go, I'm not doing that because I can't fucking touch this guy. And George Lopez is George Lopez, and I'm going to start doing my wife, my life, yeah, good. different yeah. because, and I tell these young comics, I'm like, bro, George was doing that joke. I watch him, and I'm saying yeah. their punchlines. I'm like, guys, you're doing George That's Lopez true. jokes that I've seen George do already. And George wrote them and was doing it at a time when nobody was What about when they it. make a meme and they use 7-Up or a, a hot dog and a piece of bread? I did that at stand-up a million like years 30 ago. years ago. Yeah, Right, right. Where the, they go, my grandmother didn't buy hot dog buns. So and I, I said, it's bread. It's, it, it's the same shit. Look at this, George. Bread, hot dog bun. She folds it. Bread, <laughs> hot dog bun. It's the same shit. So, so I also understood as I got older why you didn't want Latino comics opening. Because it was this, they were trying to do you, and then now you got to go up and do you? Everybody that I used. That, Am I right or wrong? You're 100%. Everybody that I used that was Latino or, say, you know, of color, eventually started to inherit some of my traits in the way that they talked, in the names that they used, and in the sense of their delivery. And I would look at uh, Ann and I would go, there's another one, because they would have the same cadence that I had that they didn't have until they started working with me. But it's also hard because for us, I always laugh when, you know, these these young black comics, they go, oh my God, this young black comic, he does all these great impressions of these famous black people. And I go, well, I don't have any famous Latinos to do impressions of. Yeah. But George and Paul. That's it. I got two. So, of course, I'm not going to be a good impressionist. You're a good Paul. Hey, you know what? <laughs> hey, you know, hey, sometimes. Sabes que va todo? Sound like you know? yeah. I'm so tired of George Lopez, bro. He is tired of me. But, but, but it, it, is, it is, you know, for me, I said, <laughs> I thought to myself, I will never be able to do what this man does as good as him. It's impossible. I was born in fucking 78. He's walking on stage in 78. Yeah. How the fuck am I going to catch up to this guy? But I, doing, but I think maybe you know, I wasn't always the most helpful individual back then. But what I have done is I've left a template on how to do shit. And then it's, all, it's somebody's duty to go and do it. Exactly. Correct. And that, exactly. That's, the, that's the legacy. Is I left the legacy... For guys to follow the fucking crumbs that that the path that was there. You crack the door. It's our job to kick it open. Go get it. Don't yep. blame me for what he didn't give me. Get up off your ass and do it. Well, I've, I've you know, changed. It's that simple. I, I, you had to yeah. do it without somebody uh, uh, leading you, and and now it's. But but that, it is but it is up to us to to you know the Ralph Babosas of the world uh, to turn around and go, hey man, I want to make my, the path for you easy. But nobody knows who that motherfucker yeah. is. What are you saying his name, man? Uh, I, look, I think he's great, and I'm I'm, I'm doing is that it wrong to say. Aaron? I, I'm I'm doing exactly uh, what what I'm preaching is. What do you mean you don't Can we bring him? this kid up? Right. Have you heard of him? Okay. Is it wrong for me to say? Why do you keep bringing his name up? And nobody knows who he is. 
<laughs> and I don't mean it mean. I mean, I mean I'm saying the man on the payroll. No, and no, I, but, whatever but, you think. I George. mean, but you, you you look out for yourself. That's what we look out for yourself. But I also want to look out for others, and and I also want to make the path. I don't easier. think that's a right. You know, I don't think that's the right. I don't think that's the right thing. I look. I look out for myself and my family, of course. But I also want to make the path easier for the next guy. You know what? I think that's. No. You don't think so? I don't. No, I, I, I really don't. You made the path. You've got to secure that path. You're not helping him if you're making the path easier for him. There you go. He's got to make his own path. He's I got to make and it not right. Route. I don't know who he is. And I don't want to make him suffer, but you're not doing him anything by making uh, it easier. I disagree. I mean, you look at yeah, Richard Pryor, who who championed Eddie Murphy, who, you know, when Eddie Murphy walks into... I don't a- think he did. He did. And, and when Eddie Murphy walks into ABC and says... Hey, that's fucking earthquake. I think he's fucking great. He needs an opportunity. I don't see anything wrong with that. I, I think that that's a good look, and I think that it helps. Um, you know, the, you, you the, put you putting me on this show helps me. But also, if you don't deliver, I, I can't it. help you. I don't disagree. Of course, like if you can deliver, do the work. I don't help those that don't help themselves. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you, and that, and that becomes the thing. Is but like that. I said, I don't help those that don't help themselves. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm looking for for that young guy that's working hard, that's trying to make it. If I can get him to open, but for you're me, fucking if trying can, to make it. Yeah. Like, why are you trying to help with some dude that's trying to make it? Like, you, you you need to make it. I made it. Life's good. So you don't want to go any higher than of where you are I right now. Of course, I want to go higher. Of course, and I'm going to continue to go higher. I'm not in the business, but if you want to go higher, then I would believe. Just like in anything, else, every other aspect. Well, of if you're life, not in the business, why you got to concentrate? <laughs> you got to concentrate on making yourself. You you want to go higher? Uh, look, a thousand then concentrate percent. on yourself, making yourself higher. Of course, and 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 I'm on stage every single day, getting better, getting stronger, getting funnier. If that's what's I will say. Make you I will say something about you. First of all, I don't think you should be worried about anybody else, especially. Uh, uh, Especially some of those who's not in the okay, business. Jeremy Barbosa. Come on. <laughs> Jeremy Barbasol. That's his name. I don't, know, I don't know who he is. I don't mean any disrespect, but I don't know who he is. Uh, um, but also, when they when they come, I think I think you have to prepare for the future and not expect somebody to come and get it. Like if you say, hey, I have a, I have a treatment for me and my wife or parents, our kids are, you know, they don't, we gave them too much already. They're young. How are we going to prepare them for the real life? And you and your wife do this thing. It's uh, I speak wife. I I like I speak wife as a title. I think it's a great title. Yep. I love and you you got friends. You work in whatever is is common. To... I wrote a, I wrote a script. I'll send it to you. All right. It is uh it is me and my wife working together, and I am a marriage therapist. And she is my secretary. Do you think that's a right profession for you as a as a as an actor? It's hard because you know. I think you have to be generally around something, right? Well, I, and and again, I, I trust your expertise as well. Uh, 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 right? when, when they when they came to me for the first show and they said, "Well, what are you what are you going to do? What, what's the show going to be about?" And I said, "This how simple. This how I've worked with my grandmother at RCA, became Sperry and Van Nuys, right? I worked with my my grandmother worked there forever." And she got me a job there. And we made that uh, uh, Powers, of- Powers Brothers Aviation. They made landing gear. Right. We went to an aviation place in Silmar and saw a real place, saw a guy that was a boss, saw the guy, the workers, and then, and then we made that 
the place where I worked at an airplane parts place. Right. And I worked with my mom. And the pilot was that my mom was checking in her friends, which my grandmother would do, checking her friends, punching her friends. Right. I remember and that. Like, and I'm like, what are you doing? I'm punching in my friends, but they're not here yet. Shut up. And uh, you have a decision. I became the boss, or they moved me up, not to the boss, but I became a supervisor, or whatever. And the first day is was the day where I had to be a supervisor for everybody I worked with, and my mom was punching in everybody. And then the the, the bosses came to me and said, "You have to fire your mom." A la madre, right? Just to see if I was management material. And at the end of the show, Big I said, "I fired you." She said, "I quit. I fired you. I quit." And the whole dynamic was, the truth was, it was the, the, it just laid out that we worked together, this and that, this and that. And then Bruce came up with, because we were stuck for like a week, what was the end? And Bruce came up with, you have to fire your mom. And, and they tested you to see if you have the balls to do it. And I did it, and then she said she quit, and then we got that big fight. That was the end of the pilot. But that, that worked. Right. And, I, and even we used to go to 7-Eleven and put Seagram 7 in a Slurpee cup and go back to work, it looked like we were drinking a bucket of Slurpee with Seagram 7. <laughs> right, right, right. And in the pilot, I said, hey, at lunch, don't go over and bring up those things and put alcohol in and try to pretend it's a Slurpee. So I used the real thing. And then Thirsty's was the bar we went to. There was a Thirsty's on Santa Monica, which was a... That bar was right here. A titty bar. Used, yeah. A titty bar. And it was down the street. We used the one. But yeah. but I kept it all to where to what was my life well, I around mean, my that's life. That's why me, me and my stand-up, a lot of people call so me I, a marriage therapist, Right. A lot of people go, man, we come to your show for therapy. So how do I... But what if you're just talking to your friends outside and and you're like a therapist to your friends outside? That too. Yeah, absolutely. And you're not a therapist, but you're like a dude that says, oh, my wife, man, she's crazy. Hey, my wife told me, you know what you do? You got to do this. But we lived and, it in the episode. And then you go into the episode. Right. No, I love that too. No, absolutely. I mean, look... Because if you're a marriage therapist... You're stuck. But if you're a dude that they come and see you and they say, "Hey, man, who's this dude?" I'm just telling you about the guy from work, man. That he, his wife is all man. How come? Because of this and that. Ah, you know, I I speak wife. You came to the right place. Do this, and then you go do it. I've also been smart enough in my career to know what I don't know, and I've always been able to take somebody like George, who's now on what show number four, and go, "Well, this guy knows the fuck he's talking about." I'm willing to listen and learn from somebody that has already gone through the process. With, by the way, Bruce Helford, who's a fucking genius. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would love to show you the script and then have you go, ah, let's do this, let's do that. Well, that's what a producer does, you know? You know, when I, in the 90s, when Drew Carey was doing his show with Bruce Helford, I the would- The old time days. I, 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 would tell, I would tell Ann, and Drew Carey was like number one on ABC, and I would tell Ann, where's my Bruce Helford? Like, I would be like, what the fuck is, you know, where's my Bruce Helford? Two people that I wanted, only two people that I wanted to work with and do shows with. One was Bruce. We did the first show, and he's involved in this show. And the other one was Matt Williams, who did Home Improvement mm-hmm. and worked on and worked on Bill Cosby. And Matt Williams is a fucking genius. He retired. He lives back up in New York. But that guy is incredibly smart TV. I did St. George with him, and uh, and he I read for him at Disney on a Friday night around seven o'clock, and he was nice to me. I went to his office. I didn't get the part. It was for Home Improvement. I didn't get the part. And he was nice to me, and I left, and I remembered, man, that guy's fucking great. That little beige, all sweater, like a, like a cardigan had his own. Oh, that's when you know they have money, right? They're the in whole sweats, look. the whole thing. And uh, those two guys that did the show. So it's, impo- it's, it's, it's everything is possible. Everything's possible. And it can come percent. out of nowhere. Like, I didn't, I, I didn't have this idea for this show. Debbie, Debbie did. So mine is TikTok. Yeah. And did that, where... 
like, I don't know if you remember, I was with you opening in, at Cap City in Austin. Yep. And you were like, I got to go. Sandro's picking me up. And we're, I'm going to go hang out with Sandra Bullock. And I was right. like, holy shit. And I at that so. time, she was dating uh, Bob Schneider, the, mu- right. the musician. That's right. And, and George's like, later, puto. And I'm like. That's right. You know, but we it was so see, cool. We to see Bob, yeah. It was so cool to, to see all of that happening for you. But as much as people tell me, wow, you've made it, right? They tell me that. Oh, you're doing so great. I don't feel that. I feel this. I thought you were content, cabron. I'm, I'm happy in my family. I'm happy with my marriage. I'm happy with the roof over my head and, and making money. But I don't. F- I, I have this fire inside me to continue to work. And if work you were a baseball player, would you be happy only making it to the double A? No, I got to go to the pros. You yeah. got to get a, a shot. thousand percent. I deserve okay. to be there. I deserve okay. to be there a thousand percent. And when I go to um, next week, I'm in fucking Reading, PA, sold out. And there's three other dates in PA, completely sold out. And I'm sitting there going, "Oh, look! I deserve to have that show. I deserve to have that movie. What day? What day do you leave? You know, uh, not till Monday morning. Oh, you leave Monday morning? Yeah. Which, by the way, I just read for a movie that you're in um, with Eva Longoria. You were already, ca- I think you were already cast in it. And I just read for it. They love me, not for that part. So maybe I get another part. So I'm excited about it. What part is it? Uh, I was supposed to play. Well, the part I read for was Eva Longoria's husband. And how come you didn't? How come you're not right for it? I don't know. We got a note from CAA saying that we love him. We think he's great. We think he's hilarious. We might have something else for him in the movie. We don't think he's that guy. But that's been my whole career. Like, I can't tell you how many times I walk into an audition and they go, you're not Mexican. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Do you think that you should, well, how could you be Mexican? You think you should put some. I need a fucking leaf blower. What do I need? <laughs> what do huh? I need? But, but again. What would make him? How many times? I, 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 I don't know. When you see him, do you see Mexican? Yeah. How come you? because of his shirt? Because he has a hickey? Oh, this is my own shirt brand, I, by the I, way, George. It is? You have your own shirts? Yep. Okay, you have to say. What is that? I, I, I got some for you, both of you guys. I'm going to send them what out is that on the What is that on the, on the inside? It's the Guayabera. Oh! It's a Mexican Guayabera, Mexican with, Guayabera. Western, with a Western yoke. Yeah. It's my Tex-Mex shirt. So, says Trevi on the back. See that right there? That's yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Go. Yeah. I got them in black, white, He's got pink. the boots. Yep. Boss, hello. Custom. Custom. All right. You want a part of that movie? I'll call Marvin. Did you I read for the to, director? Man. Or you read for I, I I video, I did the video on it and sent it in. So they've already seen it. I'd love to be in that movie. I, I think my kid would love to see me in that movie. All right. Um, it's, a, it's a good book too, right? It's a great book. And I had no idea. I told my wife, I go, I go, I don't know what this is. And she goes, you've read that book. And she showed me the book. I'm like, oh my God, I read that to my son all the time. You know, well, not anymore. He's seven. He's too cool now. He's let's big see. time. Yeah. Let's, see if we could, let's see if I can do that. It'd be fun. It'd be fun. And even Longoria is from Corpus. I was already in it though, but but it's a good. It's an adapt. It's a, adapted from a kids book. Yeah, that is a great kids book. Yeah, it's a great book. Alexander the, and the terrible the day. Terrible day of Alexander. And the guy Marvin who did Hentified is directing the movie. Big big movie for him. Well, uh, Disney Plus. And he's movie. a Texas guy, right? Yes, that's what I heard. He's a Texas guy, and it's his first uh, directing part. Oh, I didn't know that. So. Let's see if I can't get you in there. Well, they love me, I think. Yeah, but you never know. I mean, look. I'm the fucking I, Trump Jr. over here. I, they I'm, love me. They all say it. I'm great. Um, no, I've, I've learned, and I think, George, you probably feel the same way. I do the best I can, and then I just leave it in the past. But have you, have you taken right. acting lessons? I have taken acting lessons <coughs> with um, 
Leslie Kahn here in town and my wife, you know, because she went to Tish, yes, yeah, yeah. you know, me and her are always doing scenes because I started taking it serious in the past few years. But comedians can be so, good actors. Rick Gutierrez, anyway. that dude did, we did a movie with that guy and he was, he was very good. Oh, Rick, how's he doing? I haven't talked I to that know. guy in a million years, man. Old Rick Gutierrez. But, 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 but I, you know, yeah, you have success, but. I, f I feel like I'm you where want, you were you want to, right before you got your show. You, you want to, yeah. right? You've been to the, you've been to the show, right? You've been to the, yes. the taping of the show. Yes, I went to your it's, premiere. It's, it's way the different shoot, yeah. when you think of, 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 like, I think you would love it. I think you would love it. Well, I, th I think I've, you would I've, love the opportunity. I mean, when I, when you go over there, let's say you go over there and, like, we'll talk about, the, let me about this one. So you go in the morning, somebody's waiting for you, you go in there, you have to do what you do, you rehearse, they have to run through today, you'll run through tomorrow for the network and the studio, and this show is good, but then also you're surrounded by good actors, and they they're, and they're good, and you let them be good, and it's like today in the morning, you know, we had some issues with stuff, and you know, I brought the actors together, and, and then they tell me, hey, don't, don't, don't tell the actors anything, you know, you're riling them up, but they're not robots, yeah, they tell them they're a little people. bit of what's going on, yeah. and, I end up saying, but look where we are, and look what time it is, and look where we are, and we could be doing anything in this in this town, and here we are. But that and comes we got with confidence up. We from had a back you. Nine. Yeah. Right. So you want a leader that. Right. So you can say. You've been there, done that. Whatever we yeah. think we have issue wise, are nothing compared to the opportunity that we have. Take a look around. And you don't want to destroy that because right. you can become the guy who the bitches cancer. about everything. And I didn't told I told mine as I told everybody, a little comment here. Becomes gets in the wind, and then the studio hears, and the network hears, and they start and hearing that problem. shit. And they start going, "Well, what are they over there? Are they working hard? Or are they bitching about everything that they not see the opportunity, or do they just want to complain every week?" And that's how it gets. And how? we don't want, we don't want to be people that complain every week. Ratings are good. Oh, ratings solid. Good, good. I'm glad. I, I was and, you know, and with Peacock, which I'd have streaming the first time, so they're good already. Like SWAT beats us by just. So how does that work? Does it, do they add both? It uh, it comes on Friday, and then it goes to Peacock the next day. And then when it's on Peacock, it triples the ratings. That's what I was going to ask. That's so what they, all the kids watch. They, they watch it on. If, if I were to watch it here, and there's watch two million it. that watch it here, then there's three million that watch seven it. Seven million, eight million. That's fucking awesome. Well, you know, and, and when I watch the, and they're the, watching for the young, for Maya and her and her boyfriend and those and those things like dealing with anxiety or dealing with this or not speaking Spanish. You have a kid that doesn't speak Spanish, so you so the stories are of not necessarily about me so much as they are about being younger and then the grandson. So. I'm the anchor, but but the stories are really about them. I was I was impressed in in your humility and 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 the fact that you were willing to play somebody that was unsuccessful. Mm -hmm. That's you know when I watched the pilot, I was a little hesitant to. All right, where's George going to go with this? The beginning of the show, I'm like, okay, 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 couple great jokes, boom, boom, boom. That last scene or or the last what do they call it? The last I'm blanking out. The last act, yeah. The last act when it all comes together with you. Being a cagapalos yep. and your daughter coming in and yeah. you admitting, hey, I have fucking problems. Right. That to me was very admirable. And that, and, and, and got to be a little bit hard for you to to be as a, as successful as a man as you are to be able to take a step back and go, okay, I have to play somebody that's a loser. It's Ish. A, it's a little bit tough. And I think you know that with some with some things that have was been. Was that your idea or whose idea was that? The idea was to was to have it be about the years that we didn't talk. And getting back to uh, being in each other's lives, but I would say that. But it mirrored a little bit of it your mirrored life, a little bit of life. being on the road and. Yes, but also I would say that. 
it's a little bit harder on my end than than the actual part of it. I would say, but it works for it works for the TV. Well, and and I learned from actually watching your daughter on TikTok that you and your ex wife have a great relationship. Ish. Um, I don't know, man. Because on, on TikTok, she's always like. They act like they're not fucking married, but they still act like they're fucking married. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, so I also enjoyed the realism of the ex-wife right. being in it, and and the because at the end of the day, uh, it has to have heart. But you know, has that's to have right. And, heart. and at the end of the day, that's all you have. Like when they take that show away, I mean, are mine and I going to be talking? I would hope so. Right. And you know, today I walked her out, or we walked after, and yeah, it, it, it's not. It, you know. You think when you dream about a show that it's everything, and it's it, it's something, but it's not everything. But it's everything you can get out of it, but it still shouldn't be everything. Like, it shouldn't be your whole life. But it should be part of your life, but not everything. And in the beginning, I thought it was, I thought it was everything, and I thought I was the boss. I wasn't. And I thought it was a family, and it wasn't. And I thought it was, um, you know, it, was, it wasn't anything other than a sitcom, that that with with people working on the sitcom that have worked other shows and they'd leave for a better offer so you can't get glued to them or say hey right. every, oh, I they told want Mayan, me to do this show over here at the and you go you know what I get it I told my hey paid. we're like a family I said well that's not true we're just <laughs> get they're, ready they're working yeah, yeah. and let's do our work and let's not make something that's not let's just let everybody do their jobs right and that's different from I learned that from the first show where I tried to be. Fucking Willy Wonka, make everybody happy. You can't make everybody happy. You can't. Well, and I, you know, I told my wife, I go, the one thing, I, the, one of the reasons I want a show is because I do deserve it, and I've worked hard for it, and I think I have a show. I think I, you should I, have a chance at and, it. And I think I should have a chance at it, or not bat, but I also want to miss stand-up. Right. There, there's weeks where I fucking go, and, and of course I perform, and of course I give the audience everything I have. But, I, I, but tell, I mean, I know what but, you're going to say, but tell, it is tough for people to, it is tough for a comedian to to be on that. It's hard, man, and the... And, and, uh, and, and there are weeks where I'm like, fuck, another show? Fuck, man, I'm just going to go drink. Right. I can't wait to get this show done because I'm not at home. It's I'm true. stuck in a fucking hotel room. I'm just going to get smashed tonight. We call it Blackout Friday because mm. fuck it. I'm mm. a blackout tonight because I'm away from my family. I want to miss. So when I take a week off or two weeks off and I get on that fucking stage, the fire that comes out of me, the excitement. And then I'm on edge because I'm like, oh, shit, do I remember my bits? Right. And I'm a little sharper. So I, I told my wife, go, man, a movie break or a TV show break so that I could be creative in another way Yeah. so that when I come back to stand-up, I'm fucking jazzed. Have you ever done a movie? Never done a movie. Never done a TV show. No. But, but that's also my fault. I, I, but also, I, when I was 20 years in, I had never done a TV or, a movie, uh, or a, a, a movie or TV show. Right. So I was 81, 99, But I had the same idea you had where I go, I'm going to become a great stand-up. Right. That's my goal. All my friends were over there with fucking headshots and auditioning commercials, and, and I'm over there going, no, 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 no. Y'all go do that. I'm going to get on stage. You know what I used to say? When you're good, they'll find you. That's what I fucking say the same shit. Yeah. I thought it was like the same for football. Like, you see players that come out of these colleges, or Scottie Pippen came from, like, South Arkansas College. Yeah, if you're a bad motherfucker, if they're going to find you. If you're funny, they'll find you. Yep. They'll find you because... They, they'll have to. And it's cool to get these phone calls and, and people reaching out going, oh, my God. Has CAA done want? a good job, you think? I just got with them. Okay. Uh, so far, so good. They, you know, they got me the audition for, for the movie uh, the, the movie that you're already in. Um, there's another audition, and I I'm, I'm probably can't say the name of it, but there's another audition they got me, which I'm— But you know what? Super... I don't want to see the script. I want to see two pages of what you think you have. Okay. Like a treatment. That, that tre that's all I want to yep. see. 
I want to see the, the, the premise. Yep. And I think it's you and your wife and the kids and friends. Almost like King of Queens. I see almost yep. like King of Queens. Thousand, I always say that I'm the Latino Kevin James. I think it's King of Queens. Yeah. So let's see. Because also, the uh, uh, Dice Clay had a show, Bless His House. Oh, yep. With Kathy Moriarty and Dice, Bruce Helford did that show. Yep. I don't know Bruce did that. And it came out and it, was, and, it was, and it was good. It was really good. But Dice was a comedian at that time, and he didn't understand the politics of the sitcom. And he didn't like Bruce. It was calling him names and this and that. But the show got off to a good start. I watched it. It was calling him Bruce's, Bruce names. Yep. And he was bitching the whole time because he was a comedian and now you're in a sitcom format, but you're also in a sitcom format with the dude that did Roseanne. Yeah, one of the and, biggest shows and, of all fucking and he time. And right. he was a big showrunner. And then you're degrading your showrunner, which I've never done to Bruce. Right. Bruce and I, I saw, him t- I saw him yesterday. Gave a Christmas pre- birthday present. I always tell people, I, the smartest thing ever happened to me was people told me I was dumb. You, you don't That's know, been don't the biggest blessing. Because so, if I feel dumb, I go, tell me what to do. Tell me how to do it. He was fucking bagging on Bruce, talking about the script. The script ain't shit. It ain't shit until you film it. So in the beginning, there's rewrites, this and that. Might not go the way you wanted. He's at bitching first. and he complaining. Go, but, but it's on the air. He calls Les Moonves up on the weekend, the president of CBS. Yeah, the Les Moonves, right. And Les Moonves, on Monday, cancels the show. Because you don't call the president of CBS in Malibu at his house, wherever, on the weekend to complain about Bruce Helford. And, and Les Moonves said, well, maybe this show is not worth having on because you got this guy fucking calling me at home. Well, Ronnie Carrington did the same thing. And they canceled it. Yep. And you know what show is just like Bless His House? King of Queens. No shit. Well, Ronnie Carrington did the same thing. He's got a show on the air. And then he decided. He was with to, me at ABC. He yeah, was after me. He decided to get on um, Bob and Tom. And bitch about ABC, and ABC was like, "Yeah, sounds okay." Well, somebody. I never did Later. that. Yeah. Well, you can't. It's a huge opportunity. Yeah. And, and I always tell my agents, you know, I go, I go, look, guys, I need that one thing, that one fucking thing. That's all I need. All right. You know what Cheats told me in like '99? Cheats said that you need to get that one thing, and once you get one thing, you turn that thing into another thing. And then it just snowballed. And in 99, 2000, I got Bread and Roses, that independent film about the about the janitors in L.A. And I had the part of the- That Super- was in 99? 99. And then it went to the Cannes Film Festival. So the first movie I did went to Cannes. And then I called Cheech after I got it. I said, I got the one thing. And from that one thing, everything came after that. That's crazy. From the one thing. Well, then Sandra's sister saw you, right? Um, No, she had a producer guy that I still talk to. Uh, but she came and saw me. Sandra came and saw me at the uh, Improv in Brea in um, like August of 2001. I just, I just remember one minute George is in Dallas at the Addison Improv, which is one of my favorite rooms favorite to this room. day. Yeah. One of my favorite rooms to this day. It's 320 seats. They'll tell you it's 250. <laughs> but that's a whole other yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but George selling it out. And there was an energy about it, yes. Six months later, they announced the show. George is doing the Majestic. That's right. I go to the Majestic. I remember that. And it was a whole nother fucking feel. Mm-hmm. It, was, it went from, that's George Lopez, to holy shit, that's George Lopez. And it was in six months. Yep. Am I right? Yep. It was the most unbelievable feel. And I, I, I loved it because I saw it at the Addison Improv. And then when I went to, the, and you let me open. Right. You let me open. And then I saw it at the I was like, holy shit, this is different. 
This is and again, you also people don't realize how difficult fame is. That's another thing that people don't realize. People don't realize how hard it is to. I, I used to say, man, what do these fucking guys need the most? And why <laughs> yeah. the fuck are they hiding in the green room? And 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 man, George came to the ice house. He didn't even say hi to us. He just went straight to the green room. Now I understand. Hmm. Now I get it. Now I go, well, fuck, if he said hi to me, then he's stuck outside saying hi to fucking everybody. Yeah. And then the guy can't go to bed. Right. The I'll guy's going to come to the ice house and spend four fucking hours yeah. talking to people when he just wants to do a show and go home. Right. So Very now true. I get it. So it's taken a lot for me to step into your shoes and understand what you've been through and what you're going through. Right? It's so a, yeah. It's, looking at your watch. It's different. I know. Yeah, I can't me. Six thirty. No, 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 no. No BHS tonight. No, no, no. No, but, but I mean, every night I see Gil watching this documentary. But I mean, it's it's <laughs> you know. But there's a lot of guys that get there and come back, and of all colors. And I would see those guys at the Laugh Factory. Like they would say, "Hey, I got a development deal," and they go get they go get it and they, they come back. They're not even development deals yeah. anymore. You get an opportunity, but. You have to have something prepared or you're not even going to get a bite. Like, they're not going to write. It's better to have something for you than to them think of something for you. Right. I had a guy that wrote on Cheers, I think Dan Shaughnessy or somebody like that, that I went to go meet at Paramount and and the note back to my agents where he doesn't write for Latinos. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, just write. Are we people? Is it funny? Just write. Bruce never said, I don't write for Latinos. Bruce is like... Whatever George writes down, we'll work around it. And he even called Peter Roth, that president. He said, you have to make this guy a creator because what I have is not what he's giving us. And he's giving us the whole show, and I don't feel right putting my name as a creator without him. Because they, they don't make right. first-time uh, show guys, right? creators because that's where the money is. And, they, and he fought for me to be a creator and for my points in the show, and that's... Well, because you were, I mean, you were, he you, said, were, the, I, he you said, were that voice. He said, I, I'm not, this isn't me. I can't, this isn't, this is him. The, the grandma, the mom was my grandmother. The wife was my wife. Ernie Which, was way, my best what a, friend. What a brilliant cast with, with your mom, with your grandma. Well, who played your mom. Yes. Because. Amazing. That she was woman, a, she was a, a SMU, the Dallas theater actress. Phenomenal actor. Th- went to, went to school, acted, incredible Tra- Trained actress. Tom Cruise, trained. Amazing. Yeah, it, it's, Amazing. And a great person to be around. And then all, all Ernie was the dude from Blood In, Blood Out. That's right. He was the cholo from Blood In, Blood Good Out. Act, solid actor. Solid. Mm-hmm. He was great in Aaron Brockovich. That's right. And he and even when the show started, since they were all kind of actors, they were a clique in themselves. Like, they would go have lunch without me. Like, I would go to my room. But they would go have lunch and come back as a clique and then go back out as a clique. And I was like, alright, these motherfuckers are like... They're their thing. They're their, it's that thing. And then they said... They said, well, you know, you you can't count on anything because this is TV, and we've had TV opportunities before, so you can't count anything. I said, you know what, motherfucker, you can count on this. Let's do it. I'll fucking tell you you can count on this. We'll see. But it's, and it's history. when we got picked up for the for the back nine, they never looked back until we were done, 120. Y'all did 120? We got, we, got, we got this one, the back nine. I would think the same thing. I would think that we're not going to look back until we're over 100. Let's knock it out. Knock it out. That's awesome. And in that, which I didn't do the first time because I was sick, had kidney disease, but in this time, I'm going to produce other shows. Like those two girls that were in here, Mary Aaron, yeah. the two girls that you can't tell if they want dick or not. Yeah. <laughs> si le gustan like, I, think or no. I think they might suck a dick, but you, you never know. 
And George has Como le gustan las mujeres, but you know, you, you never know. Scissors or scissors you know, or look at. I mean, if you saw it, uh, would you pull it or would you repel? Who cares? <laughs> so who cares? So so they remember we told about this, the show. Yeah. Aaron, you know, probably don't give a fuck. He's a fucking Bill Burr's coming to the fucking <laughs> but, it's, but it's cool to see Al Madrigal on your show. Yeah. I mean, there's a guy that's that's doing big things in TV and movies, and he's, I mean, all things comedy. It's all fucking right. Al, man. The guy's the guy's a monster. So is he doing things in movies? Is he doing big things in movies? He was in uh, Morbius with Jared Leto. Yeah. He was a cop in, in Morbius. Yep. He was a, he was a, a Ben Affleck sidekick in um, The Way Back. Yeah. Two fucking blockbusters. Did you see those? No. <laughs> two blockbusters. No. I, no, I'm kidding. But Al's, Al's amazing. But see. but also those two girls that they met here and they were from the same area. They didn't know they didn't know each other. Remember I told them to go go right? Yeah. They wrote a script and I sent it to the girl from, from Blue Beetle, Belissa, because she's in that age. And she said they're amazing. And this script is funny. I think we can sell that one. They just did it. About living in uh Charleston, yeah, and Charleston, they did it. Virginia. Everybody that comes in here, I say I'm gonna, I'm gonna help them, but I'm gonna help you. Well, I bet, okay. You do the treatment, and I'm gonna call Marvin about the about the movie. Yeah, absolutely, man. Right. Look, I, I, again, you know, I, I, my journey, uh, and, and we talked a long time ago about something we didn't agree about, but I called you and we yeah, worked it out. Absolutely, and and again, you know, I, it's hard to understand when you're not in the shoes. You know, and I've always said this about you: there's nobody ever gonna be funnier than you when it comes to Chicano humor. That, that's there's nobody. However, I've always felt, just like the black community, that we need to be represented. Everything that it means to be uh, Latino in this country, right? You know, and, and I always and, tell and people, and I don't begrudge. I don't have the. Uh, I don't have the. Uh, like the, the the template of Chicano humor, like it's what humor is humor, whatever. Humor is humor, and and your life is your life, and my life is my right. life. You That's know, right. and and I always tell people, look, man, I grew up with a solid Vietnam vet father, hardworking mother. We you know we were never on welfare. We were never. I mean, we didn't have big house, but you know, my my perspective on my life is very different than yours. I think his dad and, is and a okay. conspiracy theorist uh, uh, on his show. <laughs> always coming over. Let me tell you what happened, Michael. Right. They go, oh, did you hear about this? Is that what they told you it is? They're testing people, man. They're cutting parts of people's necks out and testing them. you see. Yeah, there's a chip in the COVID <laughs> vaccine. There's a chip, mijo. He's right. anti-vaxxers anti <laughs> are, are conspiracy There's theorists. a chip. There's a chip. They're tracking us, right? You know, it is. Yeah, it's, it's funny, true. man. So, you know. You, but you, you got to have those defined characters, yes. right? That, that, that you, know, you know when that character walks in the room, boom. That's right. They're going to hit a home run. Yeah. Right? So. Like everybody I, loves Raymond. Like I, the yeah. brother, I think. I think you look at it like that, and I think you just make it a treatment, and things get bought on treatments. Absolutely, and and look, we're we're at a point now where if it's good, people are going to find That's it. That's right. And there's there's a million ways to find it, and they will find it. And and yeah. you have to be. Yeah. I mean, who would have fucking thought Paramount Plus would have Yellowstone, one of the biggest shows? Amazing. But the biggest show on TV. Biggest show on TV. People found it. Yeah. The, you know. And is it simple? Do you watch Yellowstone? Yes, I do. Uh, yeah. uh, you watch all of them? Um, all of them. I'm all it's, caught uh, Is it good? You watch it? It's a great show. It's it's. I always say it's uh it's Sons of Anarchy on horses. Okay, which shows That's better, a, The Sopranos or Son of oh, Anarchy? Oh, Sopranos. Sopranos. All which day. shows better, Yellowstone or Sons of Anarchy? For me, Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Whoa. Is Yellowstone better than The Sopranos? No. No, okay. I would have to agree. You see The Sopranos? Uh, Tim doesn't do anything. Tim, Tim doesn't watch anything. Yeah. Sopranos are good. Yeah. Sopranos is great. Great show. 
And and Sopranos. I love, I love Beth. But but Yellowstone is Who's is that? Beth Beth is a susia in Yellowstone. Oh, she's badass. She's, she's the daughter. Oh yeah, they should be Yeah. And you know what's weird about she that? She kicks ass. She played she played um, Costner's sister in Draft Day. There and now go. she plays his daughter. And that guy Cole Hauser, Rip Wheeler, whatever that guy's name is. Cole Hauser from Days of Confused. Cole Hauser's been around forever. Forever, since Days of Confused. Huge yeah. star. She come up with a line in front of Kevin Costner. That's her dad. So there she says, what am I going to I remember the time that the first time I told you about when I was involved in a threesome. Now, what kind of daughter goes it up is, and tells her old man? What's the, what's the premise of Yellowstone? Fuck, I it, don't it's, know. It's, it, is, it is literally Sons of Anarchy with horses. This guy owns this ranch, and everybody's coming into town to take his fucking ranch. From oh. the, the Indians, the, the Native Americans oh. want it back, and all the developers are coming into Montana to take oh. it from him, and he fucking fights them all off and kills all them motherfuckers. Take oh, him, take he's him to, killing people? Oh, yeah, take oh, him yeah. to the train station. Chingas yeah. Madre. Yeah. Can you get away with killing people? Like but that? again, there, but again, could. how are there no Latinos on horses over there? But what? what, what Every what, ranch I, I've I, been to, there's fucking Mexicans on horses. You, you know, Every I, ranch I, I've been I to, the Mexicans are the horses. They carry the fucking people in their backs. I, I, I don't worry about <laughs> stuff like that. You know, I, I, I really don't. I, I if don't it's good, it's good. It's good. We don't worry about good. stuff like that. You don't give a fuck. You go to a restaurant with what they're using to cook. I'm seventy-three fucking years old. How many years left do I have to worry about shit like that? Probably two. Hey, if it's entertaining, <laughs> if it's entertaining, What's the over-under? if it makes bucks. me laugh, if it gets so you don't overthink up, it. You're just like, no, I just watch it and accept it for what it is. I like the uh, they did the 1882, which was the uh, pre- I didn't prequel, see that one the prequel. Yeah, they're doing the. the but Yellowstone is one of those. If you watch, if I watch, I haven't watched any of them. I was on Cole. Ha- I was on hey, the Today he, Show. Hey, the, George got the that cowboy hat. Next time we uh, see him, <laughs> hey man, what's going on? And, and I did uh, Jimmy Fallon the same day I did the Today Show with Cole Hauser. Yeah. And when he walked in, all of your husband were like, oh, oh rip. I always say I'm lowercase rip. I'm that <laughs> little baby rip. Yeah. <laughs> but it's that good that yeah, that it, it's, it's a good show. Man. It, Aaron? It's a good show. No, I, I enjoy it. It's, it's a good it's show. A good show. He, he, my wife, uh, I'm gonna watch. She it. likes it. She's in love with Rip. I'm in love with Beth. Beth, Beth is a Oh, she's sucia. a bad bitch, right? She's, she's a, a bad sucia, bitch. And she I love her. Mm-hmm. Yes, she does. And she talks so much shit, dude. She, she does. Fucking puts she's people a fighter. No. Fighter brought out, hey, come, let's go outside. Dude, they torture her and she don't give a fuck. She's fucking like, hits oh, out there and throws sure. chingasos. How much land does this guy have? Thousands <laughs> of acres. Oh, in and Montana. they want it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's right, right outside of Billings. I wonder who created that. It's the Taylor Sheldon. Sheridan, who was on, fact, uh, he was just, on uh, Sons of Anarchy. They oh. just announced oh, that's that the house that they use, the Dunn What's residence, that? that they really use in Montana, you can rent it if you want oh, yeah, to take it. He was in Sicario. Thirty-six thousand dollars a night. So For you what? Rent what their I miss? House. Yeah, you can rent the house. Oh, that the house. Dunn residence. Yeah, but it's not in Montana, right? Yeah, because I know they shoot a lot in Utah. Yeah, this, it's there. The land they give you people to work at. Everything takes. $36,000 a night. And then the dude's doing a spin-off in Texas with the triple six rant. I'm mean, like, this guy's... Wow. It's fucking Hollow. unbelievable. He's like Shonda Rhimes. I don't know who that is. So. She did uh, all the... Which ones? Grey's Anatomy and all the other ones. I don't Paid worry about all Paid that shit. Paid. Paid. Right. entertaining. I like it. Thanks for coming by, man. Man, it was a pleasure talking awesome, to you, George. Yeah, and, there's and still a lot more to talk about. Absolutely. And, and I just... Man, I, I just love the history and the things that you've done and Thank accomplished, you, man. man. And, and it's all it's all well deserved. And sir, you have made it. Thank and you, you are the chingon. You. Well, I'm a rey, but you're the chingon. Let, let's see. Let's see what we can do, man. Let's see. I uh, love it, man. Well, start with that movie, but you know, we'll figure it out. And then we'll go to the idea for the show. But I yes, think, sir, I'll help you out with that one too. You got it, man. Thank Gil, you. Gil, 
Gail, pleasure meeting Thank you, my you. friend. It's a pleasure meeting you. I'm just, one foot out I'm the just, door I'm already. just yeah. glad I don't have to worry about all this shit. You know?